Welcome to your sanity safe space, the call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart, I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love pleasure. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. I'm Wednesday at 9. It gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hello. Well, uh, I'm not going to ask you, did you catch the IRS whistleblower congressional hearing? Because... How many congressional hearings are actually worth catching? Very few. Mm-mm. However, and I say this as someone who did not watch it live, but apparently this was worth watching. Did you see Marjorie Taylor Greene put up photos of Hunter getting blown by a prostitute in a congressional hearing? It was censored. So, I mean, you couldn't see. I got to see this. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I, I only became aware of this. An hour and a half ago or so. My my wife thought it was like a meme. It was a made up image. It wasn't real. No, that, those are images from Hunter's laptop. Uh, homemade porn in Daily Congress. Yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene inflicts Hunter Biden nudes on Congress. <laughs> uh, it, there was a point beyond just the uh, the vulgarity. Uh, it was the, so funny. The point apparently. The point apparently was, I guess, an accusation that he had violated some sort of human trafficking law, like he had transported these prostitutes for the purpose of prostitution, which assuredly could be true. I don't think that's an outrageous claim, but that was the reason that this was brought into the conversation. It wasn't just, uh, at least ostensibly, it wasn't, hey, here's a picture of uh, Hunter getting blown by, I don't know, some Asian prostitute or something. Wait, why can't I find this picture? The uncensored one? I haven't yeah. I haven't seen the uncensored. I've only seen the Marjorie Taylor Greene censored version. Dude, but. why should these be why should these be censored? It's crazy. <laughs> well, it was uh I guess it's part of the official record in Congress unless they struck it. But um but yeah, what what a time. And speaking of uh crazy times, what is this? The third, fourth, fifth, sixth, I lose count. You ready for another Donald Trump indictment? I can't believe it they're at it again. <sighs> That one's coming. So number three. Uh, yes, three of potentially four. What's the fourth one? That's I, I already forgot which one is still lingering because you got the New York one. You got Georgia. Uh, oh, the Georgia one is the one that's still lingering. That's it, because the other one that he is charged in is the classified documents case. There'll probably be more. They'll somehow they'll find a way to put him in four or five different prisons before Election yeah. Day rolls around. And uh, and we'll it's. It's going to be an entertaining campaign season. That much is for sure. Between Hunter Biden porn in Congress and Donald Trump potentially facing jail time if these people have their way. Anyway, uh, it will be a call-in show this evening as usual. Most of you guys know how that works. But if you are new to the show and you're curious about how to participate, there are instructions for how to do that in the description uh, of whatever video platform you may be viewing on. If you'd like to participate in the show, but you can't do it live or you're having trouble getting in live, of course, you can send us an email question. The one and only way to do that is through the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form that helps us stay organized and keep them all in one place. 
and we'll get to those at the end of the stream, as we usually do. We'll uh, check in with your Super Chats every half hour as well. Anything else before we hop into the callers? Yeah, I'm having a girl. Oh, well, there's some news there. <laughs> I figure I'd allow you to announce that one. But uh, congratulations. It will be <sighs> so far uh, an all-female household, but for your husband. It's true. And then I think we're done. So jokes on my husband. <laughs> I remember that kind when of it was... gives you what you deserve, right? Uh, are, you, are you saying he has uh, he has earned this? First of all, there's no. Um, no, not him. Me. Oh, oh you're the one so who's funny. punished. Yeah, the, I'm uh, no, I don't think it's a punishment. I love yeah. having a daughter. I was yeah, actually so excited when I found out it was a girl because I didn't realize I really wanted another girl until they told me. But um. You know, I think that there it's funny because of my history of anti-feminism that I'm going to end up having all daughters. Well, uh, to give to give uh, to give the situation the sincerity it deserves. We do need non-insane women raised into this world. They are in short supply. So Godspeed on behalf of men. We need uh, we need that supply refreshed. So please uh, help us out a little bit. Totally. I was talking to my husband last night at our anniversary dinner because this is the second year in a row we've forgotten our anniversary. So two weeks <laughs> after our anniversary. How? Like, How do you both forget? You've only been married. Know, man. You've been married it's, like what? what 20, when did you get married? 2019? 2018? No, it's, this, is our, this is our fifth anniversary. Yeah. Okay, so 18. Yeah. And we've forgotten uh, 40% of our anniversaries. I don't know because it's just not very important. Like we're raising our kid and we're doing all this other stuff and we have businesses and blah, da da. And like, normally it's the woman cause she wants to get a present, but I just can't, like, I cannot put it in my mind or on a calendar apparently. So we were out to dinner last night, you know, weeks after our actual anniversary with our daughter. And I was talking to him. I'm like, our only job now is to make sure that our daughters don't become sluts. He's like, why are you worried about this? I'm like, this is all I'm worried about. What are you talking about? Why am I worried about this? This is like number one, parental duty just create wife material that's it you're done that's it and then get them married off before they can become sluts (laughs) isn't that every the clock is already ticking and she's still in the womb i'm so stressed out having daughters is is kind of uniquely stressful but then my friends that have sons those kids are trying to fucking kill themselves all the time they're just jumping off of shit they're running into the lake They're, they're it's insane like it is insane but my daughter just wants to play dinner and like pretend like pretend to give me a shot and stuff like that (laughs) is your kid like that um he's getting into some of the more rough and tumble boy stuff but he's still not even two it'll be two um in in september early september it's coming uh yeah it's starting although today uh i had a lot of um i would say yard work um but it's more i don't know i mean we need some landscaping done here at the new house so it's not really yard yard it's just cleaning up bad weeds so i'm taking the trimmer out he was terrified by the trimmer he loves machines of all kinds trucks airplanes big scary machines that make loud noises that he loves them but the weed trimmer and i don't even have some fancy weed trimmer all right i got one of those pansy ass electric ones from home depot that takes the battery it sounds more like a bumblebee than a machine and uh that was the thing he finally found a machine that is his match. He terrified, wanted nothing to do with it. Um, and mom was out cause mom was at an appointment. So I had to watch him and we had this yard work to do. And it's like, I don't know what to tell you, man. You're going to have to tell it out. Anyway, 
we should uh, we should get to the calls. We'll go ahead and do that. But uh, but congratulations and um, and uh, you don't. Have, but you, there's no official name yet selected or anything like that. No, I want to name her Daisy. My husband's not into it. Hmm. Oh, she also doesn't have any tries me, so that's great too. Hmm. Really, really. my age, I was really freaking out about that. Um, that's the better news than the gender. I, I like the name Daisy, and I also like Jane. And my husband does not like either. But I'm thinking because this pregnancy has just been so hard. I um projectile vomited a $40 steak last night. I think I'm just going <laughs> to push a name through and just be like, I did this. So you are All coming back this. to feminism. You are taking female power back. Oh, I am. A, I am. I am rad femme. I'm rad femme. That's what happens. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. It's our let's, natural state. Let's talk to Reinhardt. Reinhardt. Are you there? Hi. What's on your mind? Sir? Yes, yep. sir. Oh, how about that? Well, I got to tell you, I've had so much fun listening to the Richard Parker saga. Ah, well, what are your thoughts? That makes one of us. I, what we have here is a failure to communicate. Hmm. Okay. All right. So it, you seem to think that Richard's, uh, and I understand he doesn't seem to always put it across as clearly as he should. Under the impression that his uh, standards are arbitrary and that seems to be one of your biggest sticking points mm -hmm. with his prescription so how would you feel if it was a similar approach nah we lost Sorry, you cut out a similar approach with what it was based on hold on you're gonna have to back up we you've cut out like the last 15 seconds oh i'm sorry what if it was um based on say biblical morals would you have a less of a problem with it then uh i would i would i suppose that would eliminate the arbitrary critique but i would still have the critique of i don't think that you find the truth and protect the discovery of the truth at the enforcement of the state and that's that's the fundamental issue well i mean what is the state for then if not for the state is for securing the rights of the individual Right. It's not for yeah, enforcing right, the truth. Well, I don't know if I agree with that. We all in, agree that. Let, let me clarify. Enforcing a particular states. enforcing a particular conception of the truth. The, the state exists at the consent of the governed. The determination of the truth comes from those people. That's where the free speech part plays in. Sure. Yeah, well, I'm not specifically talking about his stance on free speech. You know, I think that one's probably the hardest one to defend, even though I largely agree with him because I think certain ideas do need to be censored. Okay. I mean, yeah. Did you have more thoughts to add to that? or was uh, well, that Yeah, I wanted to see what you, you know, what you thought about that. Do you think it's okay for the government to censor certain ideas? No, absolutely not. See, I don't, I can't get behind that. You know, I think all this tranny shit around kids, you should just be thrown in prison. Well, you want if people thrown in prison for, for, for the idea or for the practice? No, no, no. For espousing, uh, like affirmatively espousing that kids should be transitioned. Yeah, I think you should be put in jail for that. For holding the viewpoint. Yeah. Or okay. espousing. I mean, no, you can think privately whatever you want, but if you're sitting, you know, if you're in the town square shouting, we need to get kids into hospitals and chop their dicks off. Yes, you should go to jail. Well, I suppose to give you to give your position the best credit that I could, 
I think what you're getting at is something closer to incitement of a crime rather than just holding the view that this is a no, good no, no. thing. I, that's not the standard I'm using, though. You're OK. So let me let me make sure I understand your position. If I were to say just in conversationally, if I were to say to you right now and believe it, not hypothetically, I think child gender transitions are good. You would want me imprisoned for that. Yeah, someone should rat on you and should go to jail. Just for the viewpoint. Maybe, maybe not in a private conversation. I'm more talking about advocacy. You know, that's where I would implement well, the strictest standard. That's you know, kind of why I'm is trying to convince a group of people, you know, of X position that is fundamentally diametrically opposed to the moral position of our people that should be punished. Well, this is why I'm trying to to find some point of agreement here that if you agree that child gender transitions, the practice are criminal in nature, the advocacy of harvesting children in that way. Yeah, there, there might be some sort of incitement component to that. But I, I, I would yeah. never censor the, the viewpoint uh, alone that that you think that you hold a, an opinion that this particular practice is good or bad or you want to debate the merits of it. Mm, yeah, I don't know if I'd go that far if I was king of the world either. But well, how do how I'm do we that far off <laughs> blonde's faces in her palms? What uh, did you want to jump in? Me? No, it just it's just this this rehashing of the same discussion. Matt's going to be immovable on this. I don't know. I want to get. Some- I, I'm I not don't trying think to that convince there... anyone. I'm just trying to maybe elucidate where we're coming from because well, I here, I agree with the. I do not think this was a communication moral failure. positions. Yeah, here I, I, maybe not, but me, I th- I thought it could have been. Let me explain why protecting even unpopular opinions is so important. It, the best mechanism we have to find the truth is that competition of ideas. It is allowing those ideas to compete freely, even wildly unpopular ones. That's how the bad ones get eliminated. And if we remove that competition of ideas, we're just trusting the state to get it right all the time. And I don't trust the state to get it right all the time, nor do I think that they have the moral authority to do that. Well, yes, we are talking about a hypothetical in which our people or people that we agree with are in positions of power. Yeah, but I wouldn't. Okay, Im- you would never I wouldn't hand Im- this power to a government that we currently have. Well, I wouldn't hand it to any government. And, well, I disagree. I mean, there there can exist good governments, and that should be the goal for us to create. If the, and the if closest you have I, a good one, you should give them more power, not the, less. The closest I could I could meet you, and maybe we could agree on this principle. If that system is decentralized, such that. I can leave if I disagree with you. Great. But a situation in which I'm imprisoned for disagreeing with you, that's a problem. I actually do agree with, um, I like the experimental nature of autonomous states within one union. I kind of like that in its original conception. However, you know, I'm talking about concepts about which there should be no debate. I don't think that there is such a thing. No debate. Nonsense. Murder. The debate on murder is over. Of course, of course no there reason. is debate on murder, how to punish it. Are you pro or anti-death? No, no, no. That's not the, what I said. The degrees of I, murder. I said, right, but murder as a crime is not debated. Oh, of course it is. How how we punish it, what types of murder, I what the elements look, of those are. The fact that it's a crime is not debated. Nowhere right. on earth can you go and shoot someone for no reason. 
But you can. Well, I mean, I, I know it's a little beside the point. You, there are certainly legal forms of murder. I'll but point what's you to the abortion. reason? Yeah. Yeah, but that would make it not murder. I'm saying if there's a reason, it's not murder. I'm saying murder, killing for its own sake, that's murder. That is not legal anywhere. And the abortion. debate is closed. Nobody even argues that. Sh- well, <laughs> yes, I agree that that's murder. But people don't call it murder. So it's legal. Well, if you took my position and called it murder, it wouldn't be legal. But that's my point is, is people have conceptions of the nature of these crimes and you have to protect that local power and that autonomy so that the control of how we assess and punish these crimes actually stays with the people instead of just being imposed upon them by some central authority. I mean, I disagree that the people have any say whatsoever. These politicians. When was the last time a law was passed based on what people thought of it? Well, I agree that our I agree that our current system has been corrupted, but I'm saying in the ideal form. Yeah. Okay. In ideal form, yes. All right. Well, murder both of you for no reason. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot more to add. I'm I'm just trying to say that I think it is beneficial to have a government that that enforces positive moral standards. That's um, all I'll say. I, I certainly agree insofar as I, the, the government on the local and state level should reflect the will of the people as long as you are protecting the rights of people who disagree with you to find greener pastures somewhere else. On that point, I think we're, we're probably on the same page. Yeah, you can always leave the country, right? Well, I suppose, but uh, the beauty of a system of, of mostly autonomous states is you can stay within this country, still have your rights generally secured, and go elsewhere to exercise your rights in a way in a community that is more in agreement with you. You know, if I, if I leave yeah, to Mexico, gen- and generally I agree with that. If I leave to Mexico, I know, you know, I'm, I got, I got some problems, I think. Although people are telling me it's nice. I don't know. Yeah. It sucks. Anyway, thank you for the thoughts. Of course. I appreciate the discussion. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> Bye. Uh, Red Falcor is up next. Red Falcor, are you there? Hi. Uh, uh, hey there. Can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. All right, great. How have you been? Uh, it's been a little in. bit. Uh, yes, it has. Uh, and you're coming in a little bit quiet on my end, but I think you're good now. Um, uh, yeah, it should be good. But let me know. I, I can't really, unfortunately, I can't really adjust my mic without changing how it uh, goes to the stream. So you might just have to bump me on yeah. your volume. That's very true i wonder if i can no i am i can't okay are you able to hear me decently well yes okay we'll just go with it um so since i haven't talked to you guys in a while i wanted to um bring something back up and see if your position is the same as it was before if maybe it's changed a little bit how do you feel about voting right now Mm. um (laughs) not just in general but like as conservatives voting what is your position on it yeah. now no, and you mean like in the context of this country today yeah not just like as some abstract theory about how a political system would work that's what i'm clarifying um, well yeah i suppose i mean what would be what would be the distinction between those two well i guess um, what i'm saying is there there are two ways to think about that one is like uh how would the ideal form of voting work if at all if we you know we want to talk about whether voting is a a valid mechanism in an ideal political system and if so how is it how does it operate how is it constrained or are we just talking about what is the value of voting uh as it exists today with all of the question marks that surround it yeah um 
Well, that I think would, yeah, let's keep it in the modern context, because really that's the only context I think that we really have. So, I mean, we can talk about it in the abstract, but that may be less useful. So I'm curious about your perspective on it as it um, exists. Am I going to do it? Yeah. Do I have do I do I have faith that it is? Um, do I have faith in my state? Yeah, for the most part, I, I don't think that there's a lot of corrupt forces operating here um, in general. But of course, we're a state as far as presidential elections go that doesn't have much influence. We'll see what happens with the Senate election coming up here. We have an important Senate election in the, uh, the fall of next year. John Tester, our what two term trying to be three term in combat running. Um, so do I, do I have faith that, that voting in Montana is, is mostly legit? Yeah. Generally speaking, do I have faith that (laughs) that's true in a lot of these States that are much higher value in terms of how the electoral college plays out? No, I think that there are a lot of fortification forces afoot. And I think there's a lot of corrupt media forces afoot that, uh, will lead people to believe things that are untrue or convince them of things that are untrue. And corrupt the vote that way, right. too. So I guess my position is probably the same as it was the last time we talked, which is I'm going to I'm going to do it because it doesn't hurt. But do I have full faith that everybody playing in this particular game is operating according to the rules? No, not at all. In fact, I think the rules were uh, were not properly respected last time around in 2020. And so far as they were just kind of changed on the fly in response to a lot of Corona nonsense. So. Right. Um, we'll do faith low. Is that a good summary? Right. Yes, it is. And what about you, blonde? Won't do faith low. I don't know. I mean, I suppose I should just double my husband's vote or at least vote for local stuff, but I just I feel like engaging in the system is somehow demeaning to me personally. Hmm. Cause it just creates this illusion that like it fucking matters. Everybody's like, well, what if it, what if there's a 1% chance that it does matter? Like I still had to go out and vote. Didn't I? My time is valuable. Is it not? Um, no, I like that you made that distinction though. Cause, cause I would say that my faith is higher, uh, within my local community and within my state, Montana mm-hmm. politics have been crushing it. We've had, yeah. we've done a lot of great things. Constitutional carry. Um, they have, we were one of the States that, uh, has um has put limitations on transgender care for kids and all this stuff. Um, and of course there's been some pretty good tax reform too, just on fiscal stuff. So overall, I think that, um, and I just realized I said transgender care, just like uh, Asa Hutchinson. <laughs> Boo, I'm being sarcastic. I didn't even catch that. I'm being oh, sarcastic. No. All right. Um, and so I think we've done a lot of good things. Uh, and, and, and yeah. those, I think my vote, has has mattered i think my my neighbors votes have mattered in that context but i don't think our our votes here in montana are gonna beat out michigan wisconsin georgia arizona um nor were they designed to necessarily the deal was those states would leave us alone and we'd leave them alone instead we all fight for the sword but uh that's a long-winded way to get to the point so i don't i want to make sure you get your uh your time as well if you had thoughts on yeah well yeah let me uh put something to you um let's pretend um or let's imagine a scenario where i am a um leftist uh like an infiltrator let's say um 
who wants to have the most influence on conservative spaces that I can possibly muster. And I think one of the best ways I might do that is by offering every reason I could possibly think of why voting as a conservative is not a good idea and a waste of time. You're, so you're I'm, saying I'm it would not, be a sabotage effort? Yes. Okay. A, a sabotage effort. Like, I'm not accusing either of you of this. Yeah. But it it can... You never know, though. We, I, might, we might be corrupted in that way. Oh, I'm a saboteur. Fed, 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 fed. fed. A saboteur. Mm. And as lo- long as you uh, know that bl- bl- blonde, I guess that my job is done here so <laughs> all right that's it um that's it's, it's, yeah that, well that and that but that would imply and i think we've talked about this before if you're worried about the sabotage angle that would imply at least some kind of level of, of faith in that vote uh on sort of the national scale on your end or am i misunderstanding your position no you're not you okay. know i think it's 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 one of the mechanisms that we have yeah and it will always be only one of the mechanisms that we have it's kind of like we, uh, it's like a, a pocket knife in in the middle of a war you know i'd i'd like to have it um but i am i gonna am i gonna win the battle with the uh the corkscrew and the two inch blade maybe with a little know, maybe. luck maybe with a little <laughs> luck I, but i'd rather i'd rather have the pocket knife than not than nothing yeah. and that and yeah and and maybe it is just a pocket knife on the battlefield of uh, normandy or 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 is it a a single artillery cannon right just one in your in your in your platoon and you and you also have um mines and um all, all of your other weaponry that you can use and you should but but to just say Oh well, that artillery cannon is pointless. It's demeaning because maybe it won't matter. Um, that to me, I think is is not a good strategy. Yeah, you, I, if you're in the fight, you got to deploy every uh, every oppor- every weapon, every resource at your disposal. I, I certainly get the thinking. Um, I guess. I'm just worried, at least in the context of the, the national context, is there such thing as a vote? Is there a such thing as a vote that these people would honor anymore? And I guess we're going to find out. Um, there's a lot of people would argue that debate is already dead, and I think they could they could credibly make that case. It's going to be very interesting if they try to take this January 6th thing on Trump as a way to disqualify him from running. I mean, that would be a a a out in the open, explicit removal of the decision from the people. It would, it would be them scraping at some legal way to say he's ineligible when in fact the constitution is very clear about the qualifications for president of the United States. And they don't have the authority to eliminate a person from that consideration. Only the people uh, are going to be the ones making, well, the people in the States, but you know, that's a, that's its own thing at this point. But Point I'm point I'm saying is if they find a mechanism to actually remove that decision from the people and the states in that way, that'll tell you everything you know, need to know about whether these people would whether there is a such thing as a vote that they would honor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, thanks, guys. That's about yeah, all I got. Of course. And thanks I for the comment. Appreciate it. Wish you both well. You as well. You too. Good to hear from you. Okay, we're kind of at a, an odd spot. We're just a couple minutes before the bottom of the hour, but maybe we should just take a quick uh, chat break before taking another call here. Uh, sure. Over on Rumble, JD1492 says, for laptop uh, Biden laptop nudes, Garrett Zeigler Marco Polo website, um, Frank Valbiro is open to acting as a middleman uh, between you and Chrissy Mayer, Matt. I don't know what that's in reference to, though. I mean, I I know Chrissy, or at least I know who she is, and we've had, like, brief communication before. Uh, Frank, of course, I know decently well. Um, But I don't don't know if there's a reason. I don't know if either one of them is trying to contact me or something, but, of course, they can can email me. Uh, Bert says, Hey, Majagas, did you hear Ray Epps finally arrested Fed, Fed, Fed? I didn't hear that he was arrested. I heard that per his Fox News defamation charge... Uh, or a defamation lawsuit, he is saying that he expects to be charged for January 6th by the DOJ. But there's been no arrest, has there? Not that I've heard of. I, I very seriously doubt that that is going to happen. Well, he's saying he's going to get charged. Yeah, uh, this was as of I'll six days I'll believe it ago. when I see it. He's saying he's going to get charged, but no arrest yet that I've seen, unless I'm mistaken. But if there's information on that, of course, I'd like to see it. Uh, let's catch up with uh, YouTube and Tippy. Sure. Build is regarding those documentaries you mentioned on Sunday, Europa, et cetera. They're both available on BitChute. Yes. Somebody also told me to subscribe to the Telegram channel. And I did the um, Europa, the last battle Telegram channel. And it's just six installments of the documentary in the tele- That's all that's in the Telegram. I, yeah. And thanks to everybody who sent me a link as well. I've, I've seen it on, I can't believe it's up on uh, archive.org. Cause I thought they censor stuff. At least I've yeah. been under that impression, but the whole thing, just in its entirety is up there. And then I've seen it on Odyssey and I've seen it on rumble rumble, by the way, has its own kind of depending on who you ask censorship or not or upholding the legal standard. You see, they took down the Nick Fuente stream. What with the uh, destiny? No, this was like his speech the other night. That was uh, my understanding. I haven't seen the full thing. Um, it comes, <laughs> it comes up. People are saying, Oh, it's very Hitlery, And it, it, it's very, it's got Hitlery. Uh, presentation vibes but apparently what he's doing is he's reading sections of the talmud substituting um jews and non-jews i guess to illustrate (laughs) a point it was the was the idea and it got taken down because he said something like if they if they want to die in a holy war we will make them die in a holy war something like that well you're right and rumble is saying that that's incitement Um, bullshit and they're saying they just held up a legal standard. Now, granted, that quote would be pretty close. I don't know that it's specific enough. And incitement, incitement, generally speaking, has to be a specific plan that's imminent. I don't know that that's quite that. The other problem with Rumble's perspective is, uh, is, is just that, that there's no charge for Nick Fuentes. They're saying this is a legal speech, but who, who's bringing the charge against him? What, yeah. what crime was committed? So illegal speech. Ugh. I guess they're um, they're saying theoretically illegal, but I thought uh, you were referring to this Destiny Nick Fuentes debate happening that happened on Fresh and Fit. It was like the most entertaining three hours. Haven't seen it, but you have to. Okay, it's it's so funny. So this thing happens in my car where when I answer a phone call, sometimes whatever I'm playing on Bluetooth just continues to play, 
And so uh, they call me to tell me that I was having a girl and I'm talking to this nice nurse, you know, and then it's just destiny screaming. Like, why do you have to make everything about the Jews? Oh no. The nurse was like, what? <laughs> I hung up and then I had to call back. Oh no. So did you I have was, to explain like, that? No, I uh, just acted like it didn't happen. Right? Acted like it was not you. Yeah. Well, it wasn't me. It was two guys talking. Anyway, it's, yeah. it's excellent. Everybody should listen to it. It's on rumble. Um, but this is disappointing. I mean, I'm kind of surprised because they say some some like stuff I've never heard anybody say on any mainstream platform in that debate. And that, as far as I know, is not this is the first time that I have ever heard of Rumble censoring someone in the political sphere. Maybe it's happened before, but I'm not aware of it. Uh, and this. The other problem for Rumble is they just deleted it and didn't say anything. If you want to make the case that this is too close to incitement for you to leave up because you think that there's legal liability for your company and you're not willing to risk it. All right. I, I guess I can understand where you're coming from. Just please be upfront, transparent about that and say exactly what it was, what it was. They right. did eventually, but they kind of had to be strong armed into it. And so that was disappointing. But I, I'm not I don't want to throw Rumble under the bus entirely. Um, this is, I think one disappointing episode and I hope that they learn from it and sort of change some of their approaches to this. And to be clear, as far as I understand, Nick's, uh, rumble channel is not banned. He's still well, able to, it's only a matter of time it. though. Yeah. I mean, if we get to the point where it's like, oh, we're going to start deleting people outright. I don't like how rumble handled this, even though I can understand their perspective. I, I just hope that they clean up their approach to it. And if they decide that stuff is too close to the legal line for their comfort, legally speaking, just just be as clear about that as possible. But he was just reading the Talmud. Well, and that's its own separate in, in, uh, issue, too. Uh, could you read it? Could you read the text he was referencing verbatim and not be banned? My understanding is he transposed different groups of people to make a point. So what? I mean, this is an it's OK to be white situation he's he's proving his point merely by reading their own words i guess yeah i would like to see a situation where someone just reads the text that he was referencing without swapping the groups and how would rumble handle that would that be okay or would that not this is a brilliant marketing scheme by nick fuentes though i'm on twitter i'm looking at this clip of it it has like two million views just one guy's clip of it Hmm. how how much do you think this was circulated where it otherwise wouldn't have been well, it's the Streisand effect. And, and I think uh, because of the rumble banning, it got a lot more traction as well. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see how rumble handle it handles this. I, um, I hope they learn. And they're going to fuck it up. I'm sure. I don't know, man. I want to, I want to be forgiving enough to people that generally do the right thing and have the right idea. I don't want to be the but sort of person doing that's the like, wrong thing here. Like, why are they well, doing this? They're afraid that they're going to get blowback. There's no way that what he said was illegal speech. There are two I mean, they're ways. They're doing this CYA behavior. Yeah, there are two ways typical. to interpret it, depending on how you view Rumble. One is they think that it's too close to the legal line and they don't want legal liability. The other way is uh, that they, in fact, are trying to enforce against a particular political view. And if you believe that, uh, if that's the case, I'm just going to need to see. M- I'm going to see need to see more examples if they do this again and again. I think they did it to him twice, though, in fairness. I think that got deleted and people didn't know why. And then it got re-uploaded and deleted again because Rumble didn't explain why. So, all right. Um, Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure it might come up later, but. uh, Jeez, I didn't know that. Um, Hi, True Seekers. Question for each of you. Has there been a time in your viewpoint when your viewpoint changed from information alone 
i.e. not from a persuasive argument. Yes. Okay. Hmm. I only recently found out, okay, I'm, I'm not going to give this baby any vaccines. I only recently found out like after Emmeline that I believe MMR, one of them comes from an aborted fetal cell line. And then I was like, well, I don't need to do any research on whether or not there's a health benefit to this because based on that alone, I, I can't give it to hmm. my kid. So it doesn't, I didn't, I didn't have to have any information or any politicizing, like anything else. I'm like, all right, well, I'm out of this one. Yeah. So. so that was a case of like specific information fitting into a previously formed view that you had, right? No, yeah. I um, was not on board with the anti-vax thing uh, oh, at that point that, in time. Oh, so yeah. that changed your entire perspective on vaccines in general? No, on that specific vaccine. And then later I started uh, doing a lot of research on vaccine injury I after see. the COVID thing. Okay. So that was the, my first intro into like, I can't give my kid any vaccines because if they're from a boarded fetal cell line, it's like, it doesn't matter how much yeah. you protect them. Like, no, we can't do this. Um, I can't think of a great example where just the piece of information changed my mind. Almost always it's through someone's assembly processing presentation of it. Um, I'll yeah. give you an example. I know that this is like the most normie example of all time. And it's not that I was, <laughs> like rallying for the wage gap in my previous life. But that's a great example where people see, oh man, right. women make less than men. Isn't that some great injustice? Well, until you see someone explain to you, hey, it's actually factors A, B, and C that explain that. And it, all the signs point to free choice as as the uh, um, explanatory variable. That's not a problem. Yep. Most yeah. often when my mind changes, in fact, almost exclusively, it's someone doing that where it's like, oh man, I just didn't, I didn't see the information correctly or I wasn't aware of this additional information and I needed someone to assemble it in a way that makes it all make sense. That's pretty much yeah. how all of my opinions get changed. Interesting. I can't. Okay. I'll have to think about this whole. And if something comes up in the rest of the stream where it's like, oh, I just saw this one fact or this one. I don't know. This one piece of information. I'll I'll, uh, I'll let you know. Nothing's nothing's coming to the to my mind at the moment, though. Uh, let's just do a few more blondes belly. I'm technically in two different bellies right now. Moms and the beast. Does this mean I'll go through labor twice? Oh, God. That'd be horrible. <laughs> One time, little baby. Godspeed. Yeah. Rumble says even worse censoring people now. Yeah. I, I don't trust any social media platform. And then Nicholas uh, H. Like, so. Matt, are you jaywoke? Oh, am I jaywoke? Well, I, uh, I had... I, I turned on some of this 12 hour documentary while doing some of the post show processing on Sunday. I've not seen the full presentation. Um, like anything they else, present I, the information in the right way. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be one data point in there where I'm like, that's it. I understand completely. No. Um, uh, man, is rumble going to allow me to talk about this? No, I think I think in general this is the question is another one of what explains group behavior. And do you have a lot of people of this particular demographic in positions of power? Uh yeah, I think that's factually undeniable. You can look at positions in government, positions in media, positions in banking. I think the greatest question is is that part of some kind of grand conspiracy? Is is that a product of of uh, high intelligence, nepotism, some other variables. You know, this is not my, I, I have not finished the documentary yet. So I'm talk I'm gonna, to him in two weeks when he's done with last battle, Europe of the last battle. Yeah. Uh, and, and we will see. I, I will listen to anybody's case. I, I but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I have like some 
firm opinion on it. I, I think it, the thing that bothers me is when you when you're expected to deny facts. So, for example, the same like you thing you can't even say that Jews are in power. Which it, is like I, I look at true, this I mean. a lot. It, to me, it's a, it's very similar to the question of black crime, for example. Yeah. And we can have a debate about what causes that. Is it something that's inherent or is it something that is explained by some combination of external variables or some uh, product of both? Maybe. I mean, that's the same question here. What's going on? Some sort of nefarious plot or are there other um, more innocent variables that explain it? Right. What bothers me in the case of black crime is when I'm not allowed to discuss how that is statistically true, just that this group on average commits more crime. I'm not saying why. Right, right, right. And, and I think that in almost all situations, more information is better. So understanding why there are stereotypes about people and understanding like the nature of a, of a group psyche, like, you know, the warrior complex and, and black people or, you know, Jews think that they're God's chosen people that clearly has influences their decision making on a grand scale. Like understanding things like this make everybody better informed. I don't understand like why we can't, well, I do understand why we can't talk about these things, well, but it troubles me. Yeah. It's, anno it's annoying it. if there's a pretty clear observation about the world. And if you ask questions, why, like that's, that's viewed as unaskable. That's viewed as some well, sort dude, of this debate with thing. Nick Fuentes and, and destiny, like destiny, although, you know, was really going hard for the Jews. He was making some incredible concessions. I saw the only thing I saw was a would get him canceled. The only thing I saw was a few clips circulating on Twitter. Um, what was the one I saw? There was one point where he said like, oh man, I just took a major L or something. What, yeah. Do you remember that point? I can't remember exactly um, what the point was. but I think he was talking about uh, how if, if Jews view Jesus as a prophet or something hmm. like that. Um, I didn't think it anyway. was embarrassing for Destiny. I mean, I, I don't envy anybody that debates Nick. He's so quick on his feet and knowledgeable. Like, but it wasn't the spanking, you know, that everybody seems to say it was. I'll have to finish the entire 12 hour documentary and the Destiny Nick Fuentes that. debate and get back to you, Nicholas. But those are my general thoughts. Um, we should circle we, back. We've we only will... done two callers and like five super chats. Yeah, it's been that kind of night. I'll, I'll become more disciplined here and uh, we'll, we'll establish order. Thank you, guys. Um, we'll get back I'll to you. I'll have to just circle back with you. Or at the top of the hour, not in a minute. But you know what I mean. Uh, Michigan Expat is up next. Michigan Expat. Are you there? Hey there, Matt. You doing all right? I am. Yeah. How about you? You, you doing all? You doing all right there, blonde? Yeah. I just. I mean, I have so much morning sickness. It's always just a struggle not to projectile vomit onto my keyboard. <laughs> Every show. I hear, I hear that. Well, let's. Uh, well, you know, considering that, uh, it seems. Uh, it seems everyone in our generation and our, around our age is uh, all of a sudden waking up and deciding they want to uh, repopulate the uh, the Caucasian race uh, a couple a couple yeah a couple of uh, my relatives included that's why I'm that's why I'm talking about this um, so one of my relatives I guess he's having a girl and uh, having trouble deciding what he wants to name their daughter I mean you know the wife uh, you know the wife's kind of uncooperative about uh, whatever he wants to name her I mean, the name the name that she wants, I guess, is Julia. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, you know, I've never met a girl named Julie or Julia who wasn't like completely stuck up and wasn't a complete total and wasn't a complete and total nightmare to deal with. Sorry, my sister. Sorry. My sister is awesome though. Her name's Julia. Ah, uh, so yeah. Sorry, sorry to all the Julies and Julias 
out there in the world, but uh, that's just my own lived experience. It's, name association is funny. I have that yeah. name association with Claire, mm. which is a name that I, you know, I would mm. like, but it's like every Claire I've ever met, bitch. And yeah, fat what about, bitch. Yeah. What about <laughs> fat too? Yeah. What about Claire Ra? What are your thoughts on Claire Ra? Fine, I like the name Claire. Claire Ra is right. an outside. No, I, I like the name Claire. Chance. Yeah. I just have a poor name association. For me, it's but the yeah. Brandons and the Kyles. <laughs> Bags every time. Yeah. I'm sorry to any Brandon or Kyle listener. I just I've had bad experiences. Okay. Just yeah. but uh, just uh, I mean yeah it's oh gosh where, where was I going with this? Um, I guess what I wanted to ask was I mean I wanted to you know since you know they're having trouble naming their child, um, I guess I wanted I mean because yeah they're, they're nobody no none of them want to name them after any of their previous relatives you know their ancestors whatever um so yeah i just i guess i just wanted to ask you know how you named your children you know mm. why you got to the names you did and uh you know whether there's any special meaning behind it you know what else have you well, like like basically the this app is just, that skag recommended of course is like it, it will end up naming our baby we didn't <laughs> use that the first time but we, we are didn't use it the first time deploying either, but... it this time because we're we have less agreement yeah, us too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but do you uh, do you have a story on the first go round? Yeah. Okay. So I've always loved Anne of Green Gables. Okay. So my husband and I decided on like the type of name that we wanted. We wanted a, a hyper feminine name that was uncommon without it being made up or weird, and we wanted it to be of English origin. So we already were like really in a specific genre. So I suggested Emmeline and like let him think that it was his idea. It wasn't. I mean, he still thinks he, he brought this up, but it was because it, I, I loved Anne of Green Gables. Um, and then we had names like other names of the same theme that we liked. Like we almost named Emmeline um, Marielle, M-A-R-I-E-L-L-E. But we were going to get so many questions on like, is it Mary-L or whatever? So we didn't do that. And then we also liked um, Annalise. But my mom correctly pointed out that there's a hemorrhoid cream called anal ease. So <laughs> that any, that got taken off the table. Any name Emma that has was anal so in close. the name. Or is it A-N-N-A? A-N-N-A. A-N-N-A. So it's it's close to. It is. It is close. Yeah. I don't want there to be any anal connection at all. Yeah. I'm trying not to raise sluts here. Okay. I know. Right. There's so we kind of uh, knew like the vibe and then this time we're going i like i would like to stick to one syllable names two syllable max so hmm. jane i'm hoping for jane uh for us uh the name just i don't even remember how it came up we had a short list of boy names that we liked we just kind of made them together and calvin we agreed on and it just sounded right and so he just became calvin once we knew he was a boy and it was never really discussed after that. That's just who he became. And that's who he's always, he's always been as long as we've known that he was a boy. Yeah. yeah. This time around, we have a, we have a list of some agreement or we did, but it was, we weren't enthused about any particular name and we don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet. So the app that Blonde's talking about, I think it's just called baby names, but the idea is it's, it has an egg. It's yellow and it has an egg on it. And you pay, you got to pay like three bucks a month for it or whatever. It is a small cost. But the idea is basically just Tinder for baby names. So 
I have uh, an account. My wife has an account. They're linked in our spare time. Maybe you go through 50 names and you say yes or no, and then it'll tell us which ones we matched on. And so we have found a few potential opportunities that way. And you can actually filter with it in the way that Blonde's describing. So if you want names of a particular origin or you want, um, I think I think it might even have filters for like syllables and stuff like that. You want short names, long names, whatever. It'll allow you to do that. Um, and so there's a part of me that gut level doesn't like outsourcing this process to like some tech nerd who made an app but it is very DGIF. efficient it's care. very efficient yeah. so try that would be my recommendation if they're really struggling okay so Kelvin. so you didn't name your son after say kelvin coolidge no there was actually no there's no namesake or no particular reason mm. why just we just he does liked, love calvin coolidge we just liked the name but i i mean calvin coolidge was a great president who uh understood his role and i like it truly him. did and other, otherwise, let's see, your son also shares the namesake with Calvin Lee Vale, also known as Leafy is here from YouTube back in like the 2016, oh, yeah. 2017. Yeah, yeah. He's still uh, kind of I see him on Twitter. I know he's like he went away and he's active again. He's kind of yeah. back now. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, but I still I still only, only really see him on Twitter. I mean, I don't see him on YouTube or anything. He yeah, doesn't I don't know. seem to be making videos anymore. Yeah, I didn't What's know his deal? name was Calvin, though. Yeah. But uh, and, and and another thing, have you ever read the old uh, Kelvin and Hobbes comic strip by Bill Watterson? Oh, yeah, I, I'm aware of it. And of course, he uh, he does. A listener sent us a very nice stuffed tiger when he was born. So he sleeps with Hobbes every night. Um, but Aww. he just he just got a new raccoon toy over the 4th of July. A raccoon. We went to a zoo uh, and it was a zoo of Yellowstone ecosystem animals. And he loved the raccoons the most. So he got a little stuffed raccoon. Of all the animals, they got all kinds of cool things. Raccoons. Loves raccoons. So we got a, a stuffed raccoon that he sleeps with now. Hobbs is out for the moment. But yeah, you know, because yeah, I forget I forget how old I was when I started reading the Kelvin and Hobbes comic strip. But I'd say like when he gets to be about like 10 or 11, maybe, maybe get him like the first Kelvin Hobbes book and see how, see how he likes it. Yeah, they're so funny. You know, like yeah, cause, I mean, because yeah, that stuff that stuff is still being printed. I mean, it's still in circulation. Yeah. So yeah, and of course now he looks like that Calvin too, because he's just got the the Trump hair. And he's got the big blonde Trump hair, just like uh, the Calvin cartoon. <laughs> so we'll see if that sticks. I, I'm sure it'll probably darken later in life, but for now, it's bleach blonde. Anyway, uh, any other thoughts before we let you go? Just uh, yeah, that's that's all I wanted to ask. All right. Well, thank you, man. And all the best yep. uh, to you and to your friends. Yep. For sure. Yep. Thanks for your time. Okay. Next up is Jolly Roger. Jolly Roger, are you there? Hello. Yes. What's Great. in your mind, sir? Great to be here. I wanted to discuss something that um, Braun brought up two years ago, probably, when she said that uh, for society to function, you need uh, religion to mm. have... Um, Tradition or moral compass, I guess. Maybe I quote her incorrectly. Where are you from? Um, Germany. And that's why at first I was surprised that she said that. And of course, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. But I might have the counterexample because I was born in a country that doesn't exist anymore. The GDR, German mm -hmm. Democratic Republic. So we uh -huh. were allowed to vote. And then the party got 99% of the votes. Lots of fortification going on there. Yeah. But 
the life overall was actually quite good. Like everyone had a job. That was even a guarantee in the constitution. Everyone had a job. We came out of prison. You got work. And the parents had time to spend with their family. We would go to the zoo, to the playground. We had vacations at the Baltic Sea or go to Bulgaria, to the Black Sea. So it felt strange because in this country, uh, religion was almost completely absent. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Karl Marx called it uh, opiates for the, the peoples. And even our Christmas, we had a vinyl record that every family had. It was called um, Christmas and Family, and it was absent all religious connotations. The songs were about the Christmas tree, baking cookies, having presents. But yeah, we grew up without church or, or any religion. So I was curious, and I asked, I talked to my parents a long time. We had long discussions about that. What was it that made society work? I know it's only 40 years that the country existed, but it's one and a half generations. And so, of course, there was maybe like a pseudo-religion. There was state propaganda everywhere. We had huge sport events that put people together. Sport. The stadium. I love Germans exactly. so much. Yeah. <laughs> and there were hundreds of thousands of people in the stadiums and grouping together. And so that was something, organized sport. You know, we did really well in the Olympics, mostly due to doping. But then they pointed <laughs> something out. <laughs> you know, our swimmers, our female swimmers, they looked like, like dudes. And then they pointed something out. Um, it was the, the scarcity, the, the shortage of things that put, put, um, brought people together. Some examples, at 18, you would make your driver's license and then you put your name on a list and 15 or 20 years later, you got a car. So you waited a long time. <laughs> wow. And then one time we had to renovate our bathroom and the bathroom tiles, a friend of us would do that. He was working on a construction site. My mother was confused why it would take so long. It was weeks and months that it took to renovate the bathroom. And he said, well, I work on this construction site and I cannot steal as many tiles as once. So you had to know people. You had to have connections to get the stuff that was necessary to kind of survive. So this factor of scarcity that yeah, was a yeah. big thing that kind of replaced maybe religion. And that's something that... Uh, Sargon of a cat, who Carl Benjamin talks about a lot, that these days people do really well on their own, you know, mm. encouraging females to have careers, earning more than men often. So you don't have this need to build bonds or have a partner to survive. And then everyone's doing their own stuff and society crumbles a bit. So yeah, no, that's true. To... I, I think that German societies do well and, and, and Sweden and other nations because they're their innate characteristics are that they're filled with homogenous, high intelligence, yeah. industrious people. And so there's more, uh, there's more allowance when it comes to governmental style, because you guys are just hardworking, good, solid people anyway, for the rest of the world, for most other people, disaster. Um, also, I think that uh, the German work ethic, that's like, it's in your soul. Like every German I've ever met hardworking, um, that, that, lends well to uh an innate sense of morality because being hardworking it's it's hard to be a criminal you you have to be trusted by society if you want to make money and you guys mm -hmm. have high trust societies so a sense feel, of responsibility yes well. yeah yeah i mean it, it is worth noting that the the gdr fell spectacularly also 
and Germany right now is is not doing. Yeah, I didn't want to make an argument for socialism, of course. <laughs> no, But I know. My mother, uh... my mother believed in it strongly. She was really brainwashed, and then she also saw the negatives after the re reunion. Yeah, she was ex kind of exploited by her boss, working for a millionaire, and these mm. kind of things. But you're right, it was mostly mono-ethnic group, low crime rate that was beneficial. There was one time, maybe the last story, when my father was allowed to travel to West Germany to visit his aunt for her 50th birthday. My mother was afraid that he might not come back to the children. And he would then buy books that were banned in East Germany by East German authors that he was interested in and read them because he was afraid he couldn't bring them back over the border. So yeah, we had West German relatives that often would send us care packages that made it a lot easier. Would And they send literature? Was, uh, no, uh, mm. they sent diapers actually. So in East Germany, you would have cotton diapers that people would wash and then reuse and right. children had really red butts and infections. But we got the Pampers diapers and cream and uh, fruits and I was allowed to play with Lego and I always, yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, my father was always more open for religion and science and mm -hmm. politics. He didn't buy the propaganda as much. And Yeah, well, women are more susceptible to the allure of socialism than men, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, no, I just wanted to yeah, put well, brain on. Thanks for the insight, and thanks for that uh, smooth German accent as well. I know. It's very yeah, listener-friendly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Thank I'm, you, I'm very self-conscious, but I'm working in a, a huge international company and we have people from, from India and Singapore and China. So yeah. my accent is not the worst. It's, it's okay. I'm All Germans sound the same. Don't be, don't be self-conscious. We like it uh, and we make fun of it because it's such like a pleasing, like jolly accent to us. Uh, well, uh, sometimes it sounds very angry, but not with this particular no, caller. it doesn't. What do you mean, no, it doesn't? When Germans no, doesn't. are pissed, they sound really pissed. No, he's absolutely cute. right. I had a friend from Spain and we went to the battles of monuments that's in my city when Napoleon lost. And the woman at the counter would just give us the tickets and said, have a nice uh, day and go up these stairs. And my friend yeah. from Spain, she, she was like, why was she so angry? Did we do anything <laughs> wrong? No, she just explains this. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate the call. Yeah. Cool. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Auf Wiedersehen. Tschüss. Okay, we were at that uh, weird two minute spot once again. So maybe we just catch up with a couple chats. We'll get right back. Every to the German sounds like they're doing a fake accent. Every German I've ever met. <laughs> uh, we'll get to Joshy boy in just a couple minutes. Thank you for your patience, sir. Um, over on Rumble, Addicted to Drum says, thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Bert says, Black Ops 2 servers are fixed. Are you going to sit with Calvin and play some maps? Uh, no, I, I, I think my days of Call of Duty are pretty much uh, are, are over. I'm retired. I oh, might get and I, I, I haven't played um, any video games really since he was. Uh, the, I think the only thing I did was I played the Halo Infinite campaign after he was born, maybe like October 2021. That was it. That's pretty much the last mm -hmm. video games I've played. I'm sure we'll get into it more once he's a little bit older and he can kind of understand puzzles and I, I'm sure he'll like it. But uh, I, I obviously want to raise him to have interests in things that are more active and more real world too. I won't be anti video game or like no video game, but I will monitor time certainly yeah. when he's younger and hopefully he'll just be doing that with, with me until he's, uh, you know, until he's into like his, his later teen years or mid teen years, uh, conserva cock blonde looks great. 
Oh, I know you're lying. They, why would Conservacock lie? I don't think that's something he would do. The Hillbilly Deluxe says, according to John Bender, Claire is a fat girl's name. But who's John Bender? I don't know the reference. Do you? John Bender. Oh, he's from the, the Breakfast Club. That's one of the many movies I've never seen. But he says Claire is a fat girl's name. So uh, you must have channeled your your inner John Bender. Psyop uh, supporter says, I know uh, how I'll spend 12 hours this Saturday. And I think most people don't think too much of those questions because they don't believe anything strongly themselves. Once you do, it's easier to understand. I um, <laughs> I was joking about this because I thought when I first saw it, it's like 12 hours. I mean, I get you're trying to be thorough and I get that you think some people did a lot of shit, but 12 hours. Oh my God. Um, but I assume they're going to explain a lot. I've, I only made it like 45 minutes in after the show on Sunday. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll listen to 15 minutes at a time every once in a while when I have desk work or something like that. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's grab a few off, uh, YouTube and tippy. And uh, we're sure. good on Odyssey. We're good on D live. Thank you guys over there. Uh, Greg Williams. I actually agree with the left on loan forgiveness. If college is a scam, the government scammed us into debt. Therefore, they should they should cancel it. No different than recovering money you were scammed out of it in any other way. He also said, I also agree with the left about the pigs. They're a bigger threat to freedom than Antifa could ever be state-approved kidnappers. If we want freedom again, we need to recognize that we, do, we don't need the police to handle all of our conflicts. Um, my fellow conservatives whine and moan that child molesters get let out early, but turn right around and support tougher laws for shoplifting and such. Stop arresting people for fistfights. And there will be room in the states in the system for real criminals. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I think that the problem, I don't think the problem is policing per se. I think that the problem, like everything else, has been largely nationalized. You have mm -hmm. too much power in the federal government. The, the great thing, policing has its place. There are a lot of different approaches you could take. But certainly you need to bring justice to crimes. Mm -hmm. That's where policing fits. And policing needs to be accountable to the people who are being policed. You do that by by maintaining it in a, in a local way. Um, I think conflicts and arrests and all of the things that have to happen in a justice system are going to go a lot better. If I like I, I was down uh, maybe six months ago uh, at you know going into the Verizon store to get something with my with my phone done. And it's like there's the sheriff right outside the store or just talking to someone. You know, that's great. I can go talk to him and say, hey, Mr. Sheriff, man, how are you today? Yeah, it's a, it's a fine day, isn't it? Or um, I still have to I actually have to go down there to the sheriff's department because I haven't gone down there to talk to them about the prospect of um, of swatting yet, which I did at my prior. Oh, yes. <laughs> my prior residence. So I'll have to go talk to them and say, Best hey, do that. Just so you know, if uh, if someone says that there's a, a hostage situation at this particular residence, there probably is. There one. is. Oh, never mind. Uh, but that's my point is. Um, I don't think that policing is the problem. I think that that accountability is the problem. And the further the police get removed away from the people, the more federalized this stuff becomes. That's where the problems arise. Um, I, on this point about loan forgiveness, I don't necessarily agree that the government scammed us into the debt. I would need some. I, I, I guess I could say there have been a lot of false premises out there. The, the this sort of idea that if you go to college you're going to get a good job and pay off the debt but but there was really only a bait and switch for like one class of people in college by then 
people should have started figuring it out. Like when I went to college, you actually would get out and get a decent job. And I agree that the big problem with the university system is the involvement of the federal government. It's making the university system non-accountable to the market, which is the problem itself. I don't know that the solution, though, is that we just hook everybody who didn't make those decisions to pay for those who did. Uh, I, I just don't I don't agree that that's a practical or a moral solution. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I can meet you, though, like if we think that there's a scam here, there's a lot of sizable endowments. Maybe reach a settlement with the universities. You guys pay into the system this amount cover all this uh, debt that was built on fraudulent premises and we'll call it square. Or maybe I'd entertain like, how about this? If it is a government scam and I bet Greg might agree with this. The only way I could entertain this loan forgiveness is if it comes along with basically the deletion of the department of education, but certainly the department's oversight of all the student loans. If it is a scam, we're not going to forgive the loan and then continue the scam tomorrow. The scam has to be deleted. So maybe if we're starting fresh, just, Okay, that was a mistake. We're going to erase the mistake, but no more. And I reckon I don't like that because that benefits people who made poor decisions at, at the expense of people who didn't. But at least we could move on from this long term mistake at that point. I, I guess I'd be willing to entertain that. Maybe. Yep. Yeah. Uh, should we circle back? We can. We should get some more calls in before we. Yeah. Thank you, guys. We'll come back to your chats at the end um, of the show. I'll have to just circle back with you. Joshy boy is up next. Joshy boy, are you there? Hey, good evening. I was, Hi. I was talking to Dangerous Faces about, you know, a lot of stuff. How are y'all tonight? Good. We you? are quite well. How are you? I am, um, to use a word, I am perplexed. The the calls from last week and even the calls currently has got me a bit annoyed, I, I will say. Hmm. Oh. But I kind of wanted to touch on what Reinhardt said earlier. Mm-hmm. And a little bit about what Richard Parker talked about last week. So I'll try to make it quick. <laughs> no, since they're technically about two different topics. But in the terms of what Reinhardt said, not trying to throw shade at the guy, but the fact that if somebody holds a viewpoint publicly that they should be thrown in jail, I was I have to wonder, um, does, does he ever think about that the same thing could happen to him? That was the argument Skag was making. I wouldn't want to put words in his mouth because I don't know how he would respond to that. But I guess my concern, and perhaps we can pick it up with him the next time he calls. You know, all of that is great if the state gets these moral concepts right 100% of the time. Yeah. Human beings don't do that. You're talking about God at that point. You're not talking about human beings. And that's the problem is injustice will necessarily follow from such an arrangement. Now, one of the disagreement, well, one of the things that me and Dangerous Spaces were wondering is, was Reinhardt playing devil's advocate or was that its actual views? So I may have been confused yeah, on whether or not that he was just playing devil's advocate or if that was his actual views. So if he did, if he could clarify, then that would clear a lot of things up. Yeah, I think um, but, to, to try to advocate that position as much as you possibly can, the, the question is, what is the value of a false viewpoint? Like a, a morally false yeah. viewpoint or a factually false viewpoint. And uh, strictly with that false piece of information, it's very tough to argue that has value on its own. Mm-hmm. The, the place that it has value is that it is necessarily part of the competition that leads to the discovery of the truth. The only way we know what is false is when it is compared to the true, not because some, not because some human authority figure tells us. You know, I, I do believe in 
to the extent that I believe there's some kind of order to the world, there's an objective morality to the world, it stands to reason there's some sort of author to that. That's who we call God. Mm -hmm. That person is perfect. It's not even a, a person necessarily. You get what I mean? He's his own entity. And he is perfection. We as human beings don't exist that way. We don't get things right all the time. Um, and some of us are actually intentionally evil. And so you have to have mechanisms to mitigate against that human error. Otherwise, you're going to yeah. suffer from it. All right. Yeah, that's, that's basically it. The other thing, well, Blonde, did you want to say something about that? No, I, I can see both sides of this. I mean, I we need to mitigate our cultural issues through government. Like if, if we have to do that, I understand. And then the necessary solution to the cultural degradation we're experiencing, obviously, is authoritarianism. It just happens over and over again. Like, I don't think we're going to be able to reset the culture by everybody having a family or whatever. We're going to need some autonomous, authoritative structure to be like, you're going to believe this. You're just going to, or we're going to kill you. Now, like, see, that's I, how it always I, happens in history. It, but, I don't think but, it's the right but way. But without but what's success, that's what I'm saying is the oh, truth. Oh, it'll happen and it'll fail. And that, that's uh, the thing. The truth at gunpoint yeah. is not, is not the route you want to go. It's, it's but this the is truth. what is going to happen. So I, I certainly agree that there's a trend there and I can understand why that trend happens. I, that doesn't mean that I want to advocate for it though. I think um, I think there are moral problems with saying believe this and pointing a gun at a person. So do I, but I'm lazy, so I. It is efficient. I'll give you that. I mean, yeah. I'm. <laughs> I understand that. Um, yeah. Anyway, did you have any other thoughts the, on it? Mm, oh no! If he was, if he was simply playing devil's advocate, then I can. I can. I still don't agree with the argument itself. Just like. I can't remember who made this argument like a white communist is better than a black communist with the I idea that remember. communists are still just bad. Yeah, I remember that conversation that was, a little bit. A long time ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the I think the, the premise thing, was like, would you rather live with uh, would you rather live with an ideological homogeneity or racial homogeneity? And I think my response was about like was about whether oh, I yeah. prefer to yeah, live with that. white commies or non-white people. Mm who understand the value of the American political tradition. Yeah. 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 That was, I don't think he ever called back ever again after that, but no, that one, that one was actually, as far as I recall, that was a pretty um, good faith conversation. Pretty, I don't think he was, yeah, trying that was to, a pretty chill conversation. Yeah. But I can, I can, for that, I don't remember his name for that guy. I can at least understand his fear, I guess. Um, because way back when, and I'm going to touch on that real quick, way back when we didn't really consider or even think about race as much, I will say in the early 90s and early 2000s, I will say that things kind of got out of hand at 2014 when people started shoving race and sexuality down everybody's throats. Michael Brown had to rob that store, that son of a he bitch. Did. Yeah. That's, <laughs> if only Blonde had been there back in her St. Louis days, you get out of here. No, oh, yeah. Nobody I totally would have intimidated a <laughs> giant black guy in ferguson missouri he would have uh okay. he would have given real, you the darth vader quick. treatment maybe without the force but he would have choke lifted you off the ground and slammed yeah, really. you into a wall yeah yeah it would have been good for the cause though <laughs> yeah this is this is completely off topic i had to clarify something because i keep seeing my name pop up in the chat guys i'm not gay i don't know why people keep thinking that i don't know who started that rumor <laughs> actually no i think i just had a, a, a misspeak or something like that. I was being funny with somebody and then they just kind of oh, took it the wrong way. But anyway. <laughs> In fairness, everyone's gay. 
according to the yeah. chat. Yeah, that is very true. We're yeah. all gay inside. But the last thing, real quick, is the, the idea of nationality versus ethnicity. Richard Parker brought up, I forgot the prankster's name, but... Oh, yeah, that guy Richard, in uh, yeah. in England or wherever he is. Yeah, the UK. Uh, yeah. He said he's, uh, he brought up he was African, which means he's not British because British people are white. Mm-hmm. One thing I did want to correct, the idea of nationality, I think, occurred around the 19th century, if if history serves me correct. i got to look that up again. But the term British is more seen as a nationality rather than a race. I, I would agree with Richard that the prankster is not English. I know they're kind of mm. used interchangeably. So you're saying but, English is a racial thing, but British is not. Yeah. Okay. British, like if you're British, if I was born and raised in the UK, even though I'm black, I would be considered a British citizen. And everything. Yeah. Right? And I'll have the British accents and everything. I guess but he'd probably say like that's a legal matter, and what he's talking about is is something yeah. that's more like, I guess, an, an ethos or something. You know, like a, a state of yeah. Being. But if if you wanna if you wanna talk about ethnicity, you will have the English, the Irish, the Welsh, and the Scots. Uh-huh. Those were those are the ethnic groups that are there, but they're all recognized as British, right? Mm-hmm. Collectively, it's British or British citizens, since they all live in the UK. So they're all under the British crown, therefore they're British citizens. It's kind of like the Romans, right? You have Roman citizens and everything, but you could be a Visigoth or you could be a German or you could be one of the Franks, but you'll still be recognized as a Roman citizen. So it's more of a Rome became more of a nationality kind of thing than rather than a ethnically Roman or Italian person. So the, the Italians were more of the ethnically Puritans, I guess. And the Romans were just about people who, who were citizens of Rome. So I just kind of wanted to clear that up. A better... Yeah. A better thing that would have worked, something that would have worked better is trying to be a Japanese person. Well, actually, no. If you wanted to be a citizen in Japan, you wouldn't be Japanese. So something like that. That's an interesting parallel. Like Blonde goes to Japan in the fall and decides she loves it and she's going to live in Tokyo now. I will Um, never be Japanese. You could be a Japanese citizen, I guess. But are you Japanese? Yeah, but you wouldn't be ethnically Japanese. But that does enter the premise. You got Japan, Japanese. It kind of comes into one, I guess. They're ethnically Japanese. Therefore, this nation is what Japan is. Mm -hmm. So when I go to Japan, I expect to see Japanese people. However, when I go to the UK, while I do expect to see majority white people, I will accept that if a black person was born and raised there, I still recognize them as British. Because if they came over here to the United States with that British accent saying I was born in the UK, they're going to get looked at as, oh, you're British. Now, yeah, they may I mean, not I, be looked at as English, but. I, I understand that. Um, I understand that that there's a legal distinction there in terms of what citizenship is. I also understand that there's kind of a cultural component. That is to say, like, let's say Britain yeah. gets completely taken over by um, Muslim immigrants. And now it's just mosques everywhere. Yeah. And it looks a lot more like the Middle East or something like that. I mean, legally mm-hmm. it would still be Britain, but there would be some sort of, not some sort, there would be a massive amount of culture that is just lost. It's yeah. not the same thing with the pubs. Maybe it still has the soccer. I don't know, but you know, like there would be something that was lost because of that takeover of a different demographic or culture, you know, it wouldn't be anything new. I understand where you're coming from. And that's correct. It also wouldn't be anything new. When, um, when Rome entered or occupied Britain, those people were once known as the British, with the exception of the Celts. Yeah. And when the Saxons took over, they kind of it's it's, the, it's disputed whether or not the Saxons killed everybody off, or they just mixed and mingled. But then they became the Anglo-Saxons, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, that is an interesting premise. I would agree that if the Muslims just kind of took over 
all of the UK culturally would be very different, even mm. though it'll still be seen like this is Britain, but these people are not British or these people are not English. So that would be, I don't know, what, 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 what would we call it? It would probably get a new name at that point. I'm guessing they would just yeah, ditch probably. the uh, historic name if they yeah. completely took like over. Like Stan or something? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I hate it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's those are my thoughts, at least for, to, for tonight. All right, man. Well, thanks for calling in. Appreciate it very much. No problem. All right. Yeah, have a good night. Bye-bye. Okay, Tom is up next. Tom, are you there? Yes, I am. What's on your mind, sir? Uh, here... The more I've been thinking about this idea, the worse I think it is. But let me let me run it past you. Hmm. Um, Terrible idea. The problem is we have teenagers that at different ages, they're allowed to do different things. They're 18, they're allowed to vote. 21, most states are allowed to drink. Gun laws are different in every state. Abortion laws, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. What if we set something... Well, what if we were to set something up where... At any age, say after 13, a, a, a child or a person would be able to declare themselves an adult. The problem with that is they have to accept all, all adult responsibility. And then otherwise they have to wait until when? Until 21? Love it. Like I like it. Uh, I mean, and go ahead. Uh, and we're going to, is your, so just to clarify, would this be like some kind of national standard or are you thinking? Yeah. Okay. Or, or even a state standard, a state could, could decide to, uh, to allow all, all, everyone over 13 to fill out some, or maybe take a class and, and sort of like a civics thing. You know, we don't, we don't, um. We don't teach civics in, in yeah. class anymore. Um, you know, it's, it's I mean, something I, like this to I, be a citizen, to be a full-fledged citizen. Yeah, earlier, I, I I would oppose that because I just I think there are a lot of lessons uh, about life that I want to teach my children that are going to take hold well past that age, and I don't know that they're necessarily equipped at that age to be informed enough to liberate themselves in that way and take on that responsibility that you're talking about, that legal responsibility for their own protection. I, I want to protect them beyond that age. So uh, you would want to raid, raise the age of consent so that it wasn't 16 in any state. Um, if I was designing it, I would probably, I would probably align it with the age of adulthood in that way. That is to say, if, if 18 is the line at which you generally leave the home and go on and, and you have your own independence, that's probably where I would set that line. Uh, I, I do like the point that you're making about consistency. I would like to see a lot of these things brought into alignment in so far. Like you're, you're an adult in some contexts, but not in others. I don't necessarily like that. So if I'm designing it in my state, I would like to see a little more consistency uh, there. But to me, the idea of, of my kid having the judgment capability to, to, to declare himself free from my wife and I and assume all of the legal responsibilities that go along with that. That's, that's just too young for me. I, I would not be comfortable with that. I agree. You'd have, you'd have every four years, you'd have uh, 13 year olds would suddenly declare adults so that they could vote against Donald Trump. <laughs> Wait, I thought you had to be 16 yeah. at least in this type of thing. Okay. Oh, well, I thought you said 13. That, you know, but... Oh, did you say 13? I said 13 originally, a teenager. Oh, yeah. I thought you said 16. But, 
Hmm. Well, that drastically changes. No, 13 is way too young. But when I thought you said 16, I like this idea. Okay, well. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, 16 is not preposterous if we want to move in that direction. But um, as a father, I just view it, it, it. It's my job to make sure that my kids are capable of navigating this world when the day comes for them to leave this nest and go out into that world. I don't want to do it too early. Uh, allowing them to go off and assume more responsibility than they even have the comprehension of. I want to make sure they're prepared for that day. So any, well, yeah, I mean, you could, you can set that for whatever day you want. If you think your, your child is going to want to be independent at 16 or you want to train your, your child yeah. to be independent by 16. But the problem is if we have this kind of law where they can just de- declare their independence at a very young age, I, my parental autonomy has been taken, you know, okay. my parental well, authority. Maybe, maybe you could set it up so that they have to have parental approval. Ah, well that, that would certainly change the equation for me. I guess what I'm saying is if, if my child wants to declare his independence for me with state enforcement and assistance at a very young age, that makes mm-hmm. me nervous. No, if we no, consent to this that, arrangement. That's, that's as bad as the uh, gender affirming care, the, the child being able to, the, or, you know, decide, decide that they want that. Yeah. So, um, uh, if, if your if your proposal here is like at 16 parents and kid come together with some sort of agreement um, yeah, I don't necessarily have a, a huge problem with that. I don't think that it's what I would want to do, but I don't know that it's a, a violation of the parental rights that I think are that, that worry me about this hypothetical otherwise. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, well, now that I thought of that idea of, of parental, uh, sign at sign on, then I think that makes it, makes it a little bit better. Hmm. Is there a, a particular reason that you're, you're thinking about this or just, just something that came to mind? Well, I don't know. I guess I was just there. I, it's some some moment it struck me about um, that, that teens and, and young people get autonomy in different areas at different times. And it was just like, you know, why should that be and, and what could be done about it? Hmm. And, uh, you know, just so, sort of it's also like um, what was it? I think it was Starship Troopers. They had a thing where you weren't really a citizen unless you had served in the military. Ah, yeah. So the maybe you know set some other sort of hurdles that you you have to you have to take a class or you have to pass a test or or something to be able to do that mm-hmm. i certainly uh think we we could use some more consideration like that in terms of how we deal with voting um but that's yeah. its own separate conversation you got all kinds of young idiots coming into this town to go to college here who have no property stake in this county and are going to vote to increase taxes <laughs> on everybody. That's insane. And then they're going to be mad that their rent went up and they don't, they don't get it. It's, it's stuff like that where it's like, yeah, it, to, to exercise the right to vote and thereby exercise authority and power over other people, you should have some sort of investment or skin in the area in which you're voting. Otherwise, you're just voting to punish and take from other people without having to... Um, live those consequences yourself. At least yeah. that's what you think until the consequences hit you anyway, because your rent went up because you're an idiot. But th- that my rant is only tangentially related to what you're talking about. So <laughs> uh, any final thoughts from you? Uh, Tropical storm Calvin is now uh, <laughs> battering um, Hawaii, the, uh, the big Island of, of Hawaii. Ah, uh, I was, I did not know. I guess I don't think about, uh, Hawaii getting hit by these storms like that, but 
Oh, yeah, I know. Is it Actually, technically... Like, isn't there a difference between, like, hurricanes are only in the Atlantic? Is that... They call it something else in the Pacific? Or typhoons, something like that? They, call, they call a lot of stuff typhoons, but they still call it hurricanes <laughs> oh, okay. in, the, uh, in the Pacific. Yeah, you're right. Uh, dumping rain on the big island of Hawaii as of 10 hours ago. But the worst has passed, they say. At least for Hawaii. <laughs> Not for you. <laughs> Uh, well, no, we've, we've had some, uh, storm episodes with, uh, this Calvin, but he's, he's pretty well behaved and, uh, oh, that's great. other than his fear of the, uh, the weed trimmer, <laughs> which I will teach him trimmer. how oh, to, okay. uh, how to conquer. All right. Well, thank you for the call, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Thanks for talking to me. Take, take care. You as well. Okay. Uh, Miss Malevolent, Miss Malevolent, are you there? Hi. Well, hello. How you doing? All right. How are you guys doing? We pretty are. good. I'm Always good to hear from you. Good. What's on your mind? Uh, you know, you probably discussed it already, but we're going to discuss it again. You all saw the sound of freedom. No, I have, I have not. not seen it. What? I'm so I don't have a babysitter. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, it is playing I in town, but like, I've not get seen to the it. Theaters. Ours is playing in town too. Holy crap. Once okay, I can watch well, it in my house, I'll watch it. Oh, okay. I thought it was a good movie. You know, some people are acting like it's the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. I wouldn't say all that, but it's a good, solid movie and uh, good, solid acting, of course, by Jim Caviezel, which, of course, you know. Um, I thought it was good. There were some places, I think, where they tried to fictionalize in Hollywood. Hollywood eyes or whatever you want to call it, you know, take some liberties with the story that I thought felt a bit tacked on, but I thought overall it was a strong movie, especially considering the lame crap we've been getting out of just Helly Weird in general. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I heard it hit $100 million now. What? Good for them. Yeah, I heard it's a it's at a hundred million now. Well, that's a lot of QAnon yeah. people checking it out. So, I mean, yeah. you know, I was listening to some leftist loser review, whatever. I don't even know if the bitch even saw the movie, but she was talking about oh, it's only playing in QAnon theaters. I what the hell is a QAnon like, theater? What? That's what I'm saying. What the F is that? And then so I guess she's trying to say like art house or some old small chain, whatever, or church basement. I was like, bitch, I saw that in an AMC. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, did you even watch it? I think it's on like, I think it's in like 2800 theaters or something. I was like, I can't stand these liars. Like, I'm not giving anybody no quarter. I'm not giving anyone any more leeway. Like, you're just a liar. You're either repeating a lie or you're making up the lie. And then, of course, she trashed them. Who knows if she even watched it? But I thought it was a good, solid film. You should really go and see it and see see if there's somebody that can babysit for you. You should see it in a theater. I yeah, I mean, we'll check it out. Um, Jeez, when was the last time we went to theaters? It's I know there's nothing wrong with that. I just have a, 
I have a, an aversion to that. Like, I don't want to, maybe next time my parents come over, we could do it that way, but I definitely don't want to just hire some, some babysitter, even with good references or I, and I also feel bad about like asking our, we have, you know, friends I would trust, but those people have kids themselves. And I, I just hesitate to be like, Hey, could you, can you watch our, our kid for a couple hours while we go to a movie? I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I, I don't know why I have this aversion. I just, I don't, I just, I, I, I don't know. I just, I want my, my wife to give him his bath and put him to bed and us to be together as a family. And, um, and Aww. then, uh, there's we'll nothing just, wrong with that. No, but there's also nothing wrong with like taking one night off. I just, I don't know why I just don't like, I just don't like the concept. So we haven't done it. Yeah, my, well, my wife works you know. hard. I, I, it's, it's credit to her. She's the one doing 95% of that work. Well, one day maybe you all decide you want to have a date night. Although that's yeah. kind of a heavy ass subject to see for a date night. You might want to do just a popcorn movie, but yeah. I think it's worth the. I think it's worth a watch. And considering you all are parents, that might also be why you have a bit of apprehension about it. Oh, it's uh, definitely not the subject matter for home. me. It's just like I I feel like I'm being irresponsible to bail on my kid to go watch a movie. That's all. It's it's strictly that. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's good. You're a good father. And and blonde, you're a great mother. Uh, not the first trimester. I haven't been. My daughter has watched every episode of Bluey the last uh few Hello? Oh, maybe I I don't know if she can can you guys hear each other? Maybe not. Mm-mm. I guess not. Oh. Well, oh no! It's doing that weird ass thing. I guess that's okay. Yeah. I'm gonna dip on out and let you all finish up the show. Like I said, it's worth a watch. And, yeah, I'll definitely uh, check it out when I can watch it in the comforts of my home. I will that night. I will check it out. All right, you take care. Tell Blonde to take care as well. Will do. I think she can hear you. Right. Actually, it's I just can. you can't I hear can. her. Okay, yeah. Oh, so, okay, Blonde, yeah. you take care. All right, <laughs> bye bye. Thank you. Have a good night. Dude, how long has that been happening? It seems less common lately, but it seems like, I don't know, we've had some trouble uh, connecting you know, with her in the past. This specific problem has been going on in, in Discord for seven years. Uh, yeah, I, I know Discord is sort of, uh, it's not exactly user-friendly in some ways, or there's a learning curve to it. And I know it's annoying sometimes when certain people can't hear others. In Discord's defense... I don't like to defend them because they've threatened to delete my well, server 50 doing, times dude? and I tell them to get fucked every time and they never delete my server. Uh, it's to connect this many people this efficiently to have these conversations that quickly. That's not easy to do. So yeah. I do give them credit, but I, I love it. Like every six months I get a form email from discord. Your server is in violation of terms X, Y, and Z. You better clean it up. And I say, no, no. I, are you going to pay me to do your job for you? Fuck you. And then they, yeah. they don't say anything until they come back six months later. You better delete the bad stuff on there. No. And they never have. They've never, yeah. Yeah. they've never deleted the server. Anyway, uh, last word tonight is going to go to new Tradist. and new Tradist, I can read your name this time. Thanks to some help from some people who emailed me. I now know why the names were getting cut off last week or whenever. Wait, are was. you also expatriate? I am also expatriate. Oh, okay, I'm going to delete your call and show question. Oh, no double dude. dipping, but we can talk about dip. it live with you if this you want. Why you use pseudonyms? I never should have, never should have coughed out. Tricky, tricky. <laughs> yeah. 
it was also like really antagonistic. So it was. I I mentioned it in there that like you know I didn't want it to be that antagonistic, but hostile. You started it. So it wasn't hostile. Hostile is a little harsh. All right. It wasn't. It wasn't hostile. All right. So we can pick up uh, a couple options. We can Hmm. go with what I put in the emails. We can continue the last um, last week's call about expatriation and my plans. Oh yeah. We can talk about faith and existentialism. Or we can go into healthy and unhealthy societies. It's quite the list. Ooh, uh, well, you're the caller, man. Uh, I, I don't. I'm, I'm going to defer to your choice. Jeez. Oh, let's go with faith and existentialism then. Okay. Okay. Um, what did you live your life by, or like, what was the the purpose of your life? Um, did it change over the last you know ten years, and and how and why? And like, how do you frame? the purpose of your being here on the earth. Mm. <laughs> so that's, that's huge. I mean, having kids changes everything. I mean, I'm not yeah. super important anymore, except that I have to keep my, my children alive. Yeah. Uh, what did you live on before you had kids and a wife? I, guess, I was just a, a husband. nihilist, hedonist, pleasure seeker, meat sack. That's what I was. Yeah. I, I don't think I even had like a broader, philosophical theme by which I was living my life in any meaningful way, at least. Okay. Matt, the same thing. Yeah. I think no. prior, I, I don't know if I would have described it this way. I don't know what I would have said about what the purpose of life is or what the purpose of my existence is probably would have said something like fun and enjoyment or some, you know, some hippie nonsense like that. It's probably yeah. what I would have said. And I lived, I lived my life, I guess, according to that, um, but maybe not, maybe not to to such a bad degree. I mean, I've always been a person who's worked hard. I I did well in school. I took my jobs seriously, and I lived a pretty square life with uh, you know a few mistakes here and there, but nothing too bad. Um, but I, I guess what I'm saying is, I just thought that like having fun on any given day is what life is about, and huh. obviously you should enjoy more days than not. But I think the question about uh, like what the fundamental organizing principle of the world is, it's that human life has inherent value and purpose. And if that's true, there's something else that's true about my obligation to perpetuate that and to complete that circle of life, to build a family, provide for that family and to see to it that there's a new generation to carry on that purpose beyond me. And until I became more clear on that, I know I just did stupid stuff. I just, I played too much Xbox. I ate too much crappy food. I just, I lived a less disciplined, less purpose driven life. And parenthood cemented a lot of those concepts. I I, I don't know exactly what, but they they were clarified in my mind before I became a parent. I don't know exactly why I, I struggle to point to a particular point when that became clear to me at least in the family setting about finding a wife and building kids, I'll credit blonde for a lot of that. Like the relationship I had before, she's, you know, I've described like my girlfriend to blonde, lady, and, yeah. and she's like, why are you with this person? Like, yeah. I don't know. We don't fight. That was, I remember saying that to you. We don't fight. Yeah. So it was like, it's tolerable and it's like, it's yeah. livable. And I don't yeah. say this with any disdain to that particular person. It's not that it's just saying I lived a life that lacked an organizing principle. You ask me why I love my wife. Well, primarily, first and foremost, because she's the mother of my son. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's something deeper and more purpose driven to that than just this is a person I can hang out with without conflict. 
I mean, there was something before that, right? There was something before she's the mother of my children and my wife, right? Um, uh, yes, I would, but I would say that's like the final form of of my love for yeah. her, you know? Yeah. 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 But but what okay. I loved about her in the first place was the prospect of that, that we mm-hmm. came together under the the idea of that happening. But with, yeah, so you came together under the idea that by this joint union, you'd, you'd be granted some sort of purpose. Yeah. And that, yeah. Purpose through our children. Okay. Yeah. But like people without children just don't have that. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not trying to condemn people <laughs> without children, obviously, but what I'm talking about Dude, is a let's general, be real. It's different. Like, it's a, it's a general rule. I'm not saying this with any hostility to someone who has sort of like some kind of health condition or for whatever reason is not capable. But that's of the reason it's so tragic though. Exactly. I'm totally with like, Oh, you have to have some tremendous, like you have to be some edge case to not have to like, you should, you should probably want to get have kids and get married. Yeah. But like what, what draws you to want to have kids and be married? Is it the desire to have a purpose where you don't, don't otherwise have one? Yeah. I I think it's adherence to that general base level moral principle that human life has purpose and value. And if it does, well then you, you have to complete that journey. You have to produce the next generation. You have to see that principle through and realize it. Uh, and once I got more clear on that, my life became a lot better. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Maybe it's just like, um, it seems like a recursive problem. You're just pushing the problem down the line. Like what's, what's the inherent value of the life that you create beyond just like, Oh, general human beings matter and they have purpose. Yeah. And, um, you should create more of them. Like, yeah. Full send, got it, agreed. But like, until you create more of them, you're just kind of like waiting to the developmental stage and will you, where you can create more. Yeah, I think, I think my life will like been... Not having purpose until you create more, more, more people that inherently have purpose. Like, I wouldn't like say it's... The problem down I, wouldn't, the I wouldn't say it's no purpose. I would say that, that prior, you need to be orienting your life in that direction. In the same way that I say I fell in love with my wife for the prospect of her being the mother of my children. You know, if, if, if she's not in my life, a better me would have been orienting myself more consistent, more consistently toward being a better prospective husband and father, even without that woman and child in my life. Things now I don't have regrets to the extent that it led me to what I have now. And what I have now, I think is the foundational purpose of my life and exactly the way we're describing. But um, if I had not achieved that clarity and just let my life kind of waste away thinking that, well, as long as I had fun today playing Xbox and like right. eating this pizza hut or something. I mean, having uh, fun is cool enough to, not sufficient. Yeah. Um, so it's not that you don't have purpose until you've done that. It's just, it's a trajectory thing. It's an aim thing. It's what are you, what is the tomorrow for which you are preparing? And if the answer is like, I don't know, <laughs> like play, again, playing Xbox and not fighting with people, which seemed to be mm-hmm. my goal. Yeah. Um, that doesn't really lead you anywhere. It doesn't. It's not fulfilling at all. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's kind of, my long-winded perspective on it, but did you have any other thoughts? Um, did Blonde have anything else to say? But no, I, I mean, think. it's... Oh, you... As your body starts to break down and you aren't as sharp or as good-looking or anything like that as you used to be, you, you get this realization. You're like, I'm gonna die. Like, whether or not I have kids, whether or not it tracks here from, mm-hmm. from my time, my enjoyment in this world, like, none of that fucking matters because no matter what, I'm gonna die everyone I know is going to die and life is going to be pain and suffering. And the real question is, can you even truly derive meaning from life? 
without family. I, I'm not totally convinced that anybody okay. can. It's so like having kids is an existential hedge for you. Totally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it totally At least you're is. Honest. Yeah. That's a very honest answer. You know? But also it's the first thing that, that, that God wanted us to do. He wants us to be fruitful yeah, be and multiply. Fruitful and it's multiply. like, yeah. it's, it's such an affront to God to be like, I'm not having children because I'm, I'm too self-obsessed. Like that. I haven't really heard any reasons for people not wanting to have children that aren't just about uh, the concern that it's going to lessen their own enjoyment of life in one way or another. When it, it actually, it enriches you in like a way that you, you had never, you had never foreseen. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm just not convinced that this, this having kids ruins your life thing. Like, I don't know anybody that really regrets having kids. Do you? Uh, it no, is I mean, everyone, everyone who has rule. kids always says it's like the best thing I've already, the best thing that I've done. You know, even if they had like, you know, bastard kids yeah. or it was like an accident, they always say, oh, the best, best thing I ever did, you know, mm -hmm. is have kids. But like this idea that like nobody has solved an existential problem of why they're alive until they're like, oh, here, I created a life. Um, I guess that was the purpose. That seems a little hollow to me. Um, it clearly wasn't enough for a lot of people in the, in the, in the history of human thought. And yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like a the big sort of thing of, of, of Job and, um, you know, Jesus and take up your cross and follow me kind of deals. Like, it seems like but a cop out to me. It's like, oh, I just have kids. And you, and you, you isn't the cop out, though, like ending your genetic line, all the people that toiled before you and suffered before you because you can't find a robust philosophical reason uh, uh, enough to have children like that seems like the cop out to me. Like not having no, kids is the cop out. The problem is, in, is, is inverted. I think that the, the real fundamental problem is what justifies human existence. Like, what are we here to do? What is the most important thing to do? And like having kids might just be a, a sidestep to that where you're like, oh, I'm just going to push that down another generation. No, because you, like you don't it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity like, to, to, but that's the human condition. Yeah, like I, you're talking yeah. about solving the human condition before you procreate. You need to think smaller here, dude. Yeah, I guess my problem with that reasoning is whatever human, the purpose of humanity is, we don't fulfill it if we don't have more of us to fulfill it. Right. Like if we just end, and I know yeah. that would take everybody, not just you or me, but if we just end, whatever that purpose may be, we haven't reached it. We mm -hmm. failed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but like if we're only ever pushing it on to the next level, then we'll also never get there. It'll just take an infinite amount of time to do that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, like and if, I don't we know. We never address what we're here to do. Yeah. And we're just like, Oh, then my kid will figure it out. And, and, and I know like, oh, my, my kid will figure it out. Yeah. No, I, I guess... don't expect my kids to figure it out. I expect them to have the same struggles that I have. Um, but we are supposed to be procreating to create an army for God. And you know, the, the answer is in the struggle. Like the, the reason that has something to do with it. <laughs> Yeah, but there. that isn't isn't that our purpose though? I mean, it's not like you have children and you've arrived or your existence is secure or anything like that. Like my kids could die at any moment. Mm -hmm. Um it's it's not it's a hedge against dying yeah. alone and everything like that, but it's also a way to share your love with the new generation totally. and to share your joy and to um do better with every generation. Like none of us are trying to do worse than our parents, right? No. I honestly think you're overthinking this. <laughs> I do. do there's there's to... a reason that there's a biological there's a reason that you fall in love and you want to bang and you want to get your girlfriend pregnant. Like, there's a reason that we want to do gonna these things. It's going to happen to him on a on a 
a Mexican beach with turquoise water. <laughs> yeah. <There's>, uh, <laughs> but there's no there's like the most lizard brain fundamental uh, biological impetus for us to procreate, and it, it's supposed to oh, to be like, like that. So I mean, ants have that. You know, bees have that. Ants like all everything has that. Yeah, I mean, but we're, you're we're, intellectualizing. We're, we're not just. We're not. Yeah, just I know. But, but you know? you're intellectualizing this to the thing, point. You know? You're intellectualizing this to the point where I think that you you aren't even acknowledging that there there are real reasons like baser reasons that that need to be accepted as important and valid. I definitely think they're important and valid. I just think the the, the predominant reason you should have kids is not as an existential hedge. And if like you don't actually solve the existential problem, and nobody like we don't have any societal civilizational plan to solve the existential problem. But it's but just, the, the existential problem suck. will never be solved. We live in a fallen world. And that's engulfed in sin. Like there, there's zero percent chance that we're going to solve this existential problem. That's and the basis of Christianity. Strong. But like we should, we should be like, I don't know, take up a cross and follow me. The, the the enduring struggle, like work out what is before you again and again, because that is your personal tiny miracle. But that's like, what you're doing when you have kids. Hmm. I don't, I don't know, because I don't know. My my my, my sister is super smart. She's like, she was like big brain philosopher type. You know, we were doing a lot of big brain philosophy work with her and her husband and myself. And then she like had kids and she got like baby brain. And then she got like she had to only focus on having like three year old conversations. And yeah. so like they were doing that work, which is not I'm, I'm not going to say my, my niece and my nephew are unimportant or that they shouldn't have had kids or that they're not doing very well for themselves or any of those things. But like there is a certain thing she was doing and then a certain thing she's doing afterwards. And civilizationally, like the job of philosophers and uh, artists and existentialists is to try and figure out the civilizational soul problems of the age and if like you're always just like oh someone else will do it we'll have kids like it just they just those problems leave are, are un, un, unresolved for, for for you know generations and generations until they just work themselves out in tremendous uh, consequence uh, by being just skirted under the rug yeah but we we had the the greatest philosophers in the history of mankind really uh dive into these subjects in a yeah. meaningful way and we're not going to be able to replicate or improve upon socrates like it's it's not or aristotle it's not it's not, not going to happen that attitude one i mean <laughs> but even if you do uh the sacrifice of not having children is just so great i mean and that's, that's what like, you have to think about what your sister's doing it's it's a sacrifice yeah. you know she's no, had exactly. to get on the kid's level yeah so I would view it in that. I would view it in that regard. But like, yeah, but get, you don't want to sacrifice anything because you think that your contribution to the world is your intellect, which is totally narcissistic. I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could you can phrase it like that. But like, you think of someone <laughs> yeah. like Kierkegaard. Kierkegaard's like one of the best existentialist philosophers. He was like engaged to this lady, and then she's like, he's like, no, I have to do my work, and um, he just like ends up writing like an absolute fiend and being you know a, a suffering you know weird guy, but producing all this work that then. Other people who do the same sacrifice can then do a little bit better on each iterative process. Yeah. So there's like but you a, don't know that he, that he couldn't have created a greater contribution to society by having children. And that's always my sister's point. But then, like, I point out that she talks to her kids um, and hasn't been able to do philosophy for a long time. And she's well, like, I, yeah, I kind of agree. Uh, maybe I have one proposition for you, too, before we wrap this up. And you, you tell me what you think. And um, yeah. I, I think that the, the female sacrifice is certainly much different than the male sacrifice in the nature of having and raising children. I think Absolutely. that I, I think pretty clearly um, the toll is lesser for men and men are able to contribute much more 
in the ways that you're talking about, I don't want to minimize women's contributions because having children is itself a gigantic contribution. If we didn't have it, we wouldn't continue as a species. But the sort of like intellectual or scientific progress that you're talking about, I don't I don't know that there really is that much of yep. a trade off for men or if there is, it's much more minimal than it would be for someone like your sister, I think. Yeah, I can I could see that. Maybe you could do have some sort of profitable, uh, you know, family providing for a family career out of you, doing extensive. You, you could argue yourself. you could argue otherwise, too. Um, there's a lot of evidence to say that married men are more productive and and. Part of that might just be the motivating factor to produce more, work harder, do all of these things that in turn are beneficial for society beyond just their family. Oh, does that mean that they're all like philosopher kings discovering, you know, these crucial things to advance society? Maybe not, but but there's a lot of good reason to say that they're producing more and they're and they're more focused and and uh, living better lives even outside of their fatherhood. Hmm. I like the idea of that. I do. I, I can tell you personally that working hard is, I mean, I, like I said, I've, I'm a, a person who is, I, at least I like to think I've worked hard throughout my life, but there's something different now where it's like, if I don't, my wife and my son and my future kid suffer. So I must. And it's not even like a, that's not, um, it doesn't feel like a chore. You know, it's, it's like a driving force that I must do this. And yep, yep. it feels it feels good as a man, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I think it I think it does for almost all men. Yep. Yep. Just have kids. I don't. What's well, the- thank you both for the call. Um, yeah, we'll call again soon. Really cool I, to be able right. to do it twice in a row. And uh, yeah, cheers. Sorry for any antagonism in that other call, <laughs> that other uh, okay. email. I will we'll have to do the antagonism. Trying to iron that out for the next for the next. Email. I'm yeah. used to you by now. What, who was antagonized? Was it me or you? No, he wrote he wrote a super antagonistic question that I'm gonna delete. Oh, we were super we were both savaged. Okay, well you can yeah, savage us. You were a little entitled. That's all I would say. Ah, <laughs> gotcha. I'll just leave that as teaser, and I'll. I'll, I'll we can iron out the entitlement next question. time. See you exactly. later. Cheers. All right, Thank you. Sure. God bless. Okay. Uh, well, now I'm curious. Savaged for entitlement. Now I kind of want to know, but I guess I'm not going to get no, to. No, it's a, you can pull it from the email. If you too can. long. Don't want to read. All right. TLDR. All right. Uh, yeah, we got to get to our email questions, though, because uh, we got to get to our chats as well. So let's get into the email questions. Of course, if you want to send us one contact page of the website, com slash contact. Look for the call and show question form. Skeptical Bachelor. Uh, so, Matt, your relationship advi- advice is that I should be a straight shooting offerer of lifelong sustenance and direction to people I date for the privilege of achieving marriage. In your estimation, uh, I should have communicated... I That's should definitely have a, exactly what you a said. communicated <laughs> actionable plan to, to describe how I'm going to provide the remainder of my entire life to a stranger. I hardly know and might feel nothing for on the pre, on the prediction, I guess that she provide or the predication. I'm not sure which word he needs here, but that she provide me children for and not take advantage of that generosity. Is this not a recipe for being taken advantage of? Uh, is this not a transactional hellhole of consigning yourself to indentured servitude Ugh. for a chance to have offspring asking for a friend? Uh, so oh cynical. God, no, at, at no point have I ever said you should go to any woman and say, here's half of all my stuff. No. When you go no. on a date, you need to say, for what purpose are you here? Yeah. And if the purpose is I would like marriage and children, that doesn't necessarily mean with that person. I understand you're not proposing on the first date for reasons X, Y, and Z. There are all sorts of 
variables you're going to have to evaluate before you're ready to make that decision. But what you want to establish early is that this person is there for the right reasons. The right reason. And you talk about the importance of building trust. How else do you do that if not to establish that trust baseline day right. one? If you want to waste and I time, resent this. I resent this implication, not even the implication, the outright statement that women that care about a man's income are all gold diggers. When you have a child with a man, you are supremely vulnerable. Like this is where the red pill community is totally. Like if my husband left me right now, I would be so fucked. Like I'd be so screwed. Like my family, like my children would be screwed. Like of course women should take into account what the earning potential of her mate is. It's like men caring about fertility. And does that make the nature of marriage transactional? Of course, of course it does. But for millennia, marriage has been predominantly, if not exclusively transactional. Like the fact that we even factor in love now is this modern phenomenon that is such a luxury. So everyone needs to shut their mouths about there. Oh, there's a transactional element to my marriage. But, but it's it's biologically transactional. Men provide yeah. one thing, women provide another. Provide but another. it's it's yeah. it's transactional in the behaviors too. I mean, totally. again, you, my wife and I provide completely different things to our son. Mm-hmm. You could not remove either one of those and have him have the same upbringing. Both are necessary. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And and if if you don't believe me, I mean that's fine. I'm not saying you have to. Take my word for it. I will tell you from my own lived experience, my own personal experience. Face the wall. When I pursued relationships in the way I just described, where it's like, well, I don't really know where this is going, but we can hang out and it's not that bad. So I guess we'll just keep doing that. That was a disaster. It led to Mm -hmm. nothing until one day, years later, we realized, oh, you actually weren't on the same page about marriage or children. Yeah. That's kind of a problem. What have we been doing for the last couple of years at that point? When I got focused and said, I'm here to have a wife and children. Are you here for that purpose? Guess what? My life got infinitely better and I found exactly that. So totally. that's, how, that's how it works. If that's what you want, of, you go into that recipe, purpose. Is this a recipe for getting taken, of, taken advantage of? All marriages are a recipe for either spouse to get taken advantage of. And that's why you have to have a trust and respect based relationship yeah. at any moment. The guy could leave you while you're fat and pregnant to go stick it in some younger chick. And at any moment, this woman could run away with half your assets. Like if you don't trust each other or if you don't if you don't believe that this arrangement can be good for you, then you are uh, you then you can't have kids. Then you don't you don't get to have children. Okay, and that's the way it works. Like if you want to have kids, you want to put your genetic material out there. You want the absolute pleasure of raising children then you have to take this risk and some yeah. of it's transactional and uh, and some of it is a recipe for getting taken advantage of. And I, like, I'm sorry that people can't accept this. I, I don't get it. Literally everything worth having entails risk. And entails I promise risk. you, yeah. your son or your daughter is worth having. There are risks associated with it. The the partner that you choose, the, the financial obligations you will take on, uh, the fear of losing your child. Or having your child corrupted or or otherwise oh, damaged. Those are all risks. I promise you, your son or daughter is worth the risk. Orient your life toward your children. Even if they're prospective future children, your life will get way better. I promise you that. Totally. That is so true. Well said, buddy. Um, anyway, thank you. I I know it was a little sassy, but I still like I like the kind of challenging pushback because it's fun to think about why you believe these things so strongly. Yeah, but it's, I just feel like everybody's really bitching out on this. It's like, well, we, I, we need to be having kids, not like 
sitting on a Mexican beach, jerking off to our own philosophy or whatever. <laughs> I, like, I, he, I like him because he reminds me of me like a few, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> but he's, yeah. he's not you 10 years ago. He's, he's like, I think he's like 30 or something. No, I thought he said he was, didn't he say he was 24 when he called in last time? Is he 24? I no, 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 no. This guy, Did I confuse I'm talking him? about new Travis. That's what I thought. Maybe I confused him with somebody else. No, the guy younger. that called in that makes 80 grand a year. Yeah. Maybe I confused him for him. Yeah. No, anyway. No. All right. Wet beaver. <laughs> Is it February? It's February 1st, 2025. Who's president of the United States? I don't know. I mean, six months ago, I would have said Ron DeSantis, but now I'm like, Come Gavin on, Newsom? Question mark? Uh, I, I'm still picking Biden. I have to pick Biden. Dude. He's I don't want to hear any more of these lies. Okay. It, I, I, can I just cap out and say, it'll be a Democrat. I mean, let's just, let's just be honest. It'll be a Democrat. Yeah, that's true. I don't Charlie want it to be. I'm going to do everything in my, I'm not trying to surrender. I'm going to do everything in my power not to have that happen. But I just, the fortification, uh, the, the, the uh, brainwashed nature of a critical mass of society, uh, all of that. I just, I, I, I have to make a Democrat the favorite, even as chaotic and nonsensical as the country is economically, okay. socially, culturally, all that, whatever. Anyway, Charlie uh, is most stigma earned. I guess it depends on the stigma, but there are a lot of stigmas that are earned that we have minimized. Um, I could, uh, well, how spicy do you want to get? Real should, I, spicy. should I make the list? Uh, let's put it this way. Like, I think that, Per our prior conversations about what family and having children mean, not just to you as an individual, but to so the health of society as a whole, I think there are a lot of stigmas associated with other behaviors, uh, homosexuality, transgenderism, sort of unorthodox family arrangements, whether that's like comfort with divorce or, I don't know, weird isolated polygamy or something like that. Just all sorts of variants on the traditional family system that were formerly stigmatized that are no longer stigmatized because the purpose of that family arrangement has been obscured in the way we're describing. Instead, it's about love. Like you're talking about now it's about love instead of sort of the, the producing the next generation. Well, that has all sorts of consequences again for the individual in terms of happiness and in terms of its social health too. When you have a bunch of unhealthy dysfunctional families, society will suffer as well. This is not me saying like, again, I'm not trying to use the force of law against anybody who has sort of a non-traditional family arrangement. That's not my point. My point is there are ideals. We should aim toward them and deviation from that ideal. I'm not saying I'm going to go Nelson Muntz on you and point and laugh in the street, but there are certain stigmas. If there you should use be that some of that okay. word where it's like, okay, that guy, like, can I just say that's weird? You know, that's, yeah, that's sort of out there and that's fine. But we don't really have to clap and have a parade for that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of what I want. Stigma is not like harassment. I just want sort of, I want weird to be weird again. Can we do yeah. that? Great. I'm there. So oh, a lot me? of stigma is earned. Yeah, I, I would say. Uh, we probably lack stigma. We could use a little more. Considering that some people think putting kids on puberty blockers is child abuse and others think that not putting kids on puberty blockers is child abuse. What is the best way to move forward legally? I worry that parental rights lose either way. I mean, this mm. is this is a real problem. Um, what I will say is ethically, I think making a fear-based decision about it coming back on us 
and then allowing all of these children to be sacrificed at the altar of liberalism and a bunch of pedophiles. Uh, I think that's unethical. Like we're just going to like take the L on this one because we don't want them to interfere with our parental rights later. Like they're going to do what they want later, you know, and, and it's our job individually to protect um, our children. Like if CPS comes to your house for the wrong reasons or you didn't do anything, like you have to do everything in your power to be like, uh, you, you're not taking my fucking kid. It's not going to happen. Um, I don't think it's legitimate to be like, we should allow this, uh, this puberty blockers and transgender surgery stuff um, with kids because we're worried about how it's going to affect us later. I think in the interest of protecting your own parental rights from the States, you have to have a decentralized structure of laws and enforcement in that way. As much as I hate in the same way, I hate that uh, there's one story I want to discuss on Sunday. Have you heard the story of the, um, of the abortion of that surrogacy baby? It wasn't an abortion. Yes. The, the early, the early the birth. And they yeah. let the kid die. Yeah. Stuff like that. That was in California. Well, they didn't let the kid die. They did not provide life saving services or whatever no the gay couple did not want them to provide life-saving services i thought the, the kid they died. actually did the kid did die but they did try to save. oh but they did try to save okay yeah that's how it worked out okay but the, so maybe the gay this, parents were like you can't try to save this kid yeah maybe this hypothetical isn't strictly relevant to what i was saying but let, let's just say like mass abortion states like california i hate that morally I also understand that when you centralize all that power, it will be hijacked for corrupt purposes. This this transgender kid thing is no different. I think what, you, what we have to resolve is, the, I think the federal enforcement that's necessary is the preservation of the laws of certain states. Like mm. this, uh, like the younger case where your kids are just taken to another state. It's a it's a transgender sanctuary state that will not help you enforce the laws of the state from which your child was taken. That's a problem. So maybe maybe the stricter enforcement is like, I don't know. You'd have to get at the divorce stuff because that's just removing father uh, fa- uh, the rights of fathers all over the place. And then you need some kind of teeth to say that, no, no, we're from this state. Dad's in this state. The laws of this state apply. Yeah. And you can't just flee to California and not have either federal authorities or authorities from the state from which you left able to come and enforce the laws that apply to that particular child through the father or the family. I don't know. It's all a mess. Um, but I, I, I want States to decide this issue for themselves. I just don't want the ability for fathers to get screwed over where mom has the full right to divorce and just take the kid to some other place. And dad has no say that's gotta be resolved. That's a mess though. I don't know how we do that. No more, no fault divorce stuff, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, uh, thank you for the question. Cuddy says, considering that some people think kids. Oh, yeah, that's that's the one we just read. Chris M says, uh, hey, faggots in the movie Reservoir Dog. When names are being handed out, Steve Buscemi asks why he has to be Mr. Pink, to which good guy Joe says, because you're a faggot. (laughs) At the time, I assumed he was being mean. I don't know if there's anything else in the movie to confirm or deny. But do you think Tarantino put a gay character into this movie the best way possible? I remember the line. I'm trying to remember the exact circumstances of that movie. But oh, God, I hate that movie. I, I actually I didn't like it either. I would just reference that on Sunday as the one I wanted to like but couldn't. I'd have to go back and see that scene to try to think what Tarantino's intent was. Put a gay character into this movie in the best way possible. 
I, I guess I do. You, do you know what he means by best way possible? I As have in like no pro gay? Is that what that's supposed to mean? Or or like surreptitiously? I don't. I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Good guy, Joe. Yeah, I. Uh, I have to punt on this one, Chris. I'm sorry. I just can't remember the exact circumstances of it. Um, if you have more thoughts, though, if you have a particular interpretation of it, uh, in a response to your own question, I'll, I'll be happy to take that in a future question as well. Sorry, I didn't have a better one for you. Uh, sleuthing sloth up next. Um, hi, both. I gave birth to my daughter via C-section a few days ago, and I am over the moon. My question is, if there was one piece of advice you could give your past selves for settling into life with a newborn, what would it be? Um, I would say don't worry about co-sleeping. And then uh, just don't listen to anybody's advice. Like intuitive parenting is the only way, as far as I'm concerned, it's the only way to parent until you run into a problem and then it's fine to seek advice. But like trust your instincts as a parent. This is what we were made for. Um, and then I were I just ruined so much time with my teeny tiny little baby, just freaking the fuck out about whatever that wasn't a problem. Um, oh my gosh, I would just examine her whole little body and look at her feet. And I, I was emailing the pediatrician all the time. It was just like be with your kid. Every day they get a little bigger. Like I look at Emmeline now and she's this giant. And I'm like, like your childhood just slipped through my fingers while I was worrying about whatever. And it's really sad to, to lose that. So like, I don't know. I, I know it's really hard for moms, but like really try to avoid neuroses. When something is wrong, you will know it. Um, the only thing I would say is I think the thing that we'll do differently this time is that uh, we, I'm not anti co-sleeping. We did that. And I think, I do think largely the caution against it is sort of drummed up a little. I don't think it's as like dangerous or risky as they want you to believe that it is. Um, but we, we didn't get him into his own crib in his own room until he was like six months old. And it was, that was too so exactly late. opposite advice um, <laughs> thing. Yeah. But to your point, like, you know, I, I could have a kid that's completely different than my first son was. I do think that you do have to be at some level, I mean, I, yeah. it's very important to me as dad to lead my children to to establish rules and order for them, even from a young age. I also recognize square peg round hole happens mm -hmm. and you don't want to push too hard on that. Um, but I for him, he, just his schedule, his sleeping, everything got so much better for him when he was in his own place, in his own room with a routine bedtime, the same time getting up at the same time. Um, I think we'll do that quicker this time around. I don't know how I'm sure we'll. Obviously, we'll do either the co-sleeping or the bassinet thing in our room for first, I don't know, X amount of weeks or months or whatever that is. It won't be six months, though. We'll do it earlier. I, I would say if you can aim for establishing that routine as early as it seems like the baby's picking up on it, uh, go for it. Because that, that really made improvement for us. I am still enjoying co-sleeping with my three-year-old. Wow. So. Yeah, she's about to get the boot, though, because of the baby, so... Jokes on Earth. Are you next? Uh, that that why guy. Now that Matt has watched more than three movies, I feel like I can ask this question. If a movie was being made about your lives, which actors would each of you pick to play yourselves and your co-host? Well, which would I pick and which is appropriate or different questions? Oh, ourselves and each other. This is too hard. Well, we could Who would do play you Macaulay Culkin. That's not a terrible pick. Uh, Actually, uh, he's too old, so it would have to be like Kieran Culkin. This is a bizarre choice, but can I pick Lindsay Lohan to play you, even though she's not the right hair color? 
Is has it because the right... I used to be such a disaster? <laughs> no, no. It's like she has the right, like the right mentality. It's not even about like, I wasn't making a substance abuse joke. That's not where I was going. It's just like, she has the right. No, I mean, I don't know. I think you might be onto something. Here. Yeah. Who would we have play ourselves? I don't know. I mean, it'd have to be somebody that's like attractive, but not to how about Kirsten Dunst? Although she's like 10 years older than I am. Uh, I could see I could see that in appearance. I don't know about personality, but I guess that's the point of acting is you change your personality. I don't know. Um, I thought. Uh, uh, this is going to sound like, oh, good for you, because he's, I guess, supposed to be such oh, an attractive actor you. or something. I, I thought that when um, didn't we have an AI art when what's his face in Blade Runner 2049 was like I was AI'd into him. Ryan Gosling? Yeah, maybe he could but be But he's me. so much faggier than you are. Oh, I thought you were going to say so much more attractive. Oh, no. Oh. Well, then he's perfect. If he's faggy, that's no, ideal. You, you're a lot of things, but you're not faggy. Well, depends on who you ask. All right. I'm not asking the chat. <laughs> uh, Ashwin, I think you're up on this one, right? Oh, okay. Um, how's it going, guys? Been a while. Hope you're well. I'm interested in the topic of book burnings. Thought of having a series of questions around them. Wait, is that it? Or did, did you I miss your question? Did you up? miss part of it? Maybe. No, I think this was it. Uh, if you want to, uh, we can take yeah, one sure. at a time, of course. Uh, but if you want to send questions about book burning, we can do one a week. If you'd like to submit them that way, I'm open to it. Uh, Redneck says, "Matt, I live two valleys over in the Ruby Valley. I do my best to stay away from Bozo, as in Bozeman. The progressiveness is too rich for my blood. Hunting spinner, uh, spinner." And ice fishing is a true Montanan pastime. Uh, if you learn to fly fish, then uh, I'll never accept you as a true Montanan. All the mm-hmm. best to you both. Fly fishing is like that is one of the recreational staples of our state, though. Like I, I feel like I have to experience it to uh, to claim the identity. Uh, the Ruby Valley is very pretty. I've only gone out there um, one time a couple of years ago. I went to the Ruby High Point uh, outside of what little town was that like Alder or something like that? That well, was kind of fun, but I, I, I sca- that was the time that I scared a moose cow, and that was sort of freaky. That was too close that. to a to a moose, uh, but that was my only time in the um, in the rubies. Uh, maybe I wonder how the hunting is since you reference hunting. Um, actually, redneck, if you hear this, email me because I would like to know about the hunting prospects of the rubies. I think this fall it could be uh, either or both uh, deer and elk opportunity for me. So. If you have experience out there, let me know. Halo with horns. What if the war in Ukraine is really a giant money laundering scheme? Uh, it is. 100%. Uh, totally. That That it's is... the only uh, thing that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it, 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 I, I don't know what else you would... Call. If, if you believe that our money is actually going in there and stopping Putin from taking over Kiev, I don't know. I mean, it, that, listening to... Uh, well, I don't know, or just <laughs> seeing certain react like defenses of Mike Pence on the Ukraine question seem to believe that it, it's our it's our money that is stopping Putin from just rolling into Kiev and taking it. I yeah, it's it's not. It's going into corrupt pockets. It's lining corrupt interests. That hunt that Ukraine was viewed as one of the world's most corrupt countries up until 2022, when suddenly it was above board. We think that everything just changed because they're at war now. Uh, no, a lot of people are getting rich off of it in ways we have no concept of. And that's cynically 
perhaps the entire purpose of all of it. Now I'm I'm so I'm starting to think that even Putin is in on it, where they just do this war forever, this like kind of war. And I know like, yeah. guys are dead. Okay, I'm not saying the whole thing is fake. But what some if there's fake though? But what if there's kind of a gentleman's agreement that like, all right, some of my guys are gonna die, some of your guys are gonna die, but we're just gonna perpetuate this war for a very long time. Yeah. Because a yeah. bunch of the West money will get dumped in here and we can all just have uh, an awesome vacation time on their backs. I'm not saying that's for sure the case, but I wouldn't be shocked to learn that's the case or some variant of it. Or is Putin too honorable of a man to participate in that? Uh, I don't think he's above it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bo. <laughs> oh, this one's clever, too. It's not. <laughs> I thought it was so, like a, a someone in the medical profession, but it's just a, it's a trick. It's um, it's Bo nurse. Bo nurse. Mm-hmm. Clever. Are you trying to be funny? Did you hear about SCOTUS's decision in Counterman versus Colorado this year? It was seven to two with Thomas and Barrett dissenting. It involved online threats in their relation to the First Amendment. I thought it would be a good case for you to discuss on your show sometime due to its subject matter. Actually, I've not um, followed that case, so I'm going to have to look it up and see exactly what the circumstances were. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It was decided. Uh, Decided just this year, and let's see what the holding was. The state must prove in true threats cases that the defendant had some subjective understanding of his statement's threatening nature. But the First Amendment requires no more demanding a showing than recklessness. Okay, that's... I'd have to see the exact facts of this case and to understand it fully. But I guess the question here is, can you accidentally threaten someone criminally? Is that that seems to be what the holding implies that someone didn't necessarily intentionally threaten, but maybe incidentally did. And it was viewed as a threat and they were punished. Is that a First Amendment violation? Let's see. Here's the here are the facts of the case. Beginning in 2010, Billy Counterman sent thousands of messages to singer songwriter Coles Whalen that foreboded her death and followed her activities. Counterman was convicted of stalking in Colorado with his conviction left intact intact by the Colorado court of appeals under Colorado law. Statements are not free speech. If a reasonable person would view the statements as threatening with no need to prove that the speaker had subjective intent to threaten. And the court is saying the first amendment requires to state that the state to show that there was some kind of intent. Okay. This is my absolutely butchered first reading of this case, but it's, it seems to me that, you have a they're saying you have a constitutional right to accidentally threaten someone that for it to be outside the first amendment's protection your threat must be intentional in nature which i guess makes sense i don't know you're you're looking you're looking like you're confused or something i probably got it completely wrong that's my first exposure to the case mr bo not boners bo nurse i'll have to uh, read up more on the case and, and get it all figured out precisely nine up right uh juggernaut the destroyer hello high interest rate enjoyers do you guys try to learn new skills if yes what was the last skill you learned um periodically but i already have so many hobbies that are just going unpracticed like i don't like to learn how to do new things because i'm already really good at stuff that i'm not getting better at because i don't have the time 
I do have the time. I don't, I just, okay. Like I love to paint and draw and I'm really good at it, but like, I haven't done it since Emmeline was born because. Oh, good she, she just for you. Like I, I, when am I, how, how can I do that without her messing it up? You know? Hmm. So why learn something new? I guess I, so I could learn something new that I could do with her around is the answer to the question that I just asked. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When your job is, is full-time childcare, you know, the, the sort of, uh, the time for those sort of hobby things uh, is minimized, I guess, to the to the point of the prior call. Oh, I have tons of time. That's oh, not the problem. You just don't want to. I don't know. I have reduced neuroplasticity from chronic marijuana usage and binge drinking and being old. And then you lose a bunch of your gray matter when you're pregnant. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like, I'm just dumber than I used hmm. to be. It's just harder to do things. Like if somebody put a gun to my head and tried to make me learn French, I'd be like, okay, like I'm out. I, I can't do it. Like I cannot do it. I tried to take the opportunity to learn like hands-on handyman round the house stuff where I can. That's, that's good. I do that too. And as, admittedly, that is not super common because like anybody else, my time is limited. So in a lot of cases it's like, well, am I going to spend three or four hours figuring out how to even start this? Or am I just going to call a guy who could do it in a half hour and be done? Um, but w- in the new house here, I'm trying to take that opportunity to sort of do more things around the house myself than trying to call somebody to take care of. Like, for example, I had to drill tile as part of this house. Never done that oh, before. Yeah. Uh, I have also, um, we have, um, the house has Douglas fir siding. That's new to me. So I, I there's a lot of, uh, sealant that has to be applied where cracks appear. So I've, I'm, I'm getting... <laughs> I'm getting very good with caulk. Uh, you heard it home, here on the home exterior. Caulk um, expert, this guy. Drilling tile is tough. Porcelain tile. I've never done that before. But we had to mount a TV on a tile surface, and so getting through that tile without completely destroying that tile surface, other than the holes necessary to mount the TV. Yeah, I had no idea what. Are I was you doing, telling me you caulked the holes? No, there was no caulk oh. in that arrangement it just you had to get through the tile to mount that tv bracket um and it's hard it's it's hard to do but now now i feel like if i had to uh it takes a long time it's not actually hard to do it takes a long time but now if i had to drill tile i know how to do it i know what bit to get i know how the process works i know uh and i could do it confidently and not feel like i'm going to break a tile off the wall i had just a little bit of chipping around the hole and that was (laughs) I'm the master of, I barely chip the holes. I'm excellent with caulk. I've really, I'm really coming into my manhood here. No, that's about it. I, I don't, um, other than that, there's not a lot of like skill development that I do with mass amounts of time. It's just right. like try to find time to be physically active, trying to learn a skill here or there, fix things around the house. That's about it. Zazie McTazbot, do you think there's been a sabotage in theaters showing Sound of Freedom? I heard people making claims like they were turning off the AC and stuff. Probably. I mean, I don't know. I guess it wouldn't surprise me. But the thing is, the the, the big question there is if this movie. If if everybody in the industry is so hostile to it, to the degree that they're doing all these weird sabotages of it, why or how was it produced in the first place? Yeah, there are a lot of. Um, Hollywood personnel that participated in the making of this movie. I guess the answer is maybe they're not all the same. Some are more 
open to this sort of content material than or this sort of content than others. And just because the people who made it are open to that kind of content doesn't mean like the jackass who manages your local movie theater isn't so petty that he would do something like turn off the AC to make everyone sweat through it or something. I don't know. I mean, I guess I could believe it. I just need to see the evidence. And I all I've seen yeah. are the claims. Yeah. If the evidence is out there, I'll take a look, though. All right. Uh, thank you for the email questions, guys. Uh, again, contact page of the website if you'd like to send us one. We will uh, get through your chats. We'll call it a stream. Um, let's see. Bert says, no more laws. I don't care how sweet and kind the tyrant is. It ain't against the law, ho. Fuck you. Well, where's my... Uh, oh, here's my LaDonna. LaDonna always uh, honors her... It's not against the law, ho. Fuck you. Her uh, references. Her requests for appearances. Um... Bert says, Matt is a fag. I love both of you. Total homo. Well, then I guess we're both in the club. Uh, thanks for your support for the show. Shadowband420 says, I'm broke, but I still want to get a chat in. If Donald J. Trump actually became president again, how would we get this economy turned around in a post-COVID world? COVID detracted from the momentum of his campaign. Well, thanks for supporting the show. I appreciate it. And uh, and yeah, like how, how do you fix how broken this economy has become. There is no magic wand. I mean, the reality is that we pumped more money into this economy than it could, than it could sustain on really any reasonable basis that will have consequences. When you slow down production of things and you pump in a bunch of fake money, you have a ton of dollars chasing fewer goods that creates inflation. I think the only, the only way to get that on the road to recovery is just to, remove delete minimize all of the sort of government interventions that created this process in the first place it will correct it's it's not the sort of thing that it'll happen tomorrow but if you get if you just stop literally stop all the bullshit that the federal government has done for the last two to three years that will course correct that will get us on the right trajectory and um like anything else in dc uh, there's nothing more powerful than the delete key that's what we need to hit delete Pretty much everything. Yeah. You will see conditions improve. Um, I know that's a simple answer, but like there's no government program that's going to improve this better than delete key uh, improves this. Thanks for supporting the show, man. Uh, we're good on uh, on Odyssey. We're good on D live. Catch up on YouTube and Tippy. Sure. Tortuga. It is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future society. But if you talk about doing it, you're charged with seditious conspiracy. I assume he's referring to this Nick Fuentes um, discussion. Yeah. Uh, or is that, a, I, is that a declaration quote? What is that quote from? It's a declaration <laughs> quote. Yeah. Oh my God, I hope you're right. No, it is. That's from the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> The truth of the matter, the declaration talks about the moral necessity of overthrowing the government. That's the whole point. I don't know why I immediately went to this Nick Fuentes thing. Yeah. God, take the L. What it does me say? I think he said, oh, I just took such a big L. But he, and even though you, you watch I, in that exchange, even though it's supposed to be like embarrassing for destiny or whatever. Um, it wasn't I, actually embarrassing. No, anytime someone's like, oh, you know what? You kind of got me I on that wrong, point. Yeah. I'm not sure I have a great explanation for that or I'm not sure I have a reason why what you're saying is wrong. That's not, I know he's kind of poking fun at himself. Maybe he wouldn't even seriously consider it an L. The L is digging in and refusing to acknowledge yeah. when someone has actually bested your position. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing wrong with adjusting your position or acknowledging the truth of what someone else is saying. I, I, I think 
that's a bummer that we just socially have been, I don't know if we've been conditioned to, or if it's just something inherent to us, there's nothing wrong with changing your mind. In fact, that's usually a great thing because it means you've encountered something closer to the truth more often than not embrace changing your mind, embrace being convinced. There's nothing embarrassing about it. And I'm glad that he was able to, to do that in that particular case. Um, agreed. Incompetent hands. Sad that Blunt's documentary list got rejected. Well, the, the vote <gasps> isn't over. <laughs> so you have until Saturday. You sons of bitches. Get your asses in there and vote for one of her awesome movie nominations. Oh, Matt, well, it's documentaries. So if we don't pick the ones, we're going to pick another documentary off of the IMDb top 250. So fine. But there aren't any documentaries in there. We're going to have to figure of course out. There are documentaries. In there. I don't. In the top 250, I didn't think there was. Then Maybe we'll I'm have mistaken. to use another list of documentaries. We'll have to figure it out. All right. Um, no, I guess it's 12, watched... hours, 12 hours of the JQ it is, after all. Where that's what we're doing. Got to watch it all. That would be so awesome. Fine, if you guys reject it, we're going to watch uh, Europa The Last Battle. Um, you, know Matt, what I watched... liked, you know what I liked about that? Sorry for the one quick aside. The, the best thing about it so far in the first 45 minutes, because I'm not, I'm not saying that it's wrong or that it's untrue, but so far it does have a lot of did you know this guy did bad stuff and he was Jewish? Did you know this guy did bad stuff and he was Jewish? Like they're just going to be saying that for 12 hours. It does go on for, and there's a granted, there's a large volume of that. I'm not saying it's wrong, <laughs> whatever, but there's kind of a meme developing in my mind in that way. But the best part was it talked about the Titanic and how Excellent. the, yes, it tied in the Titanic conspiracy theory. And I thought, okay, Finally. You know, I was trying to be, I'm trying to listen attentively and be fair, open-minded and fair about this. Now you got me though. Titanic, I'm yeah. in. Tell me more. Did you know that the Titanic it. sank and Jews did it? All right, man. Like <laughs> you got me. Uh, tell me more. 12 hours Someone more, please. Someone please clip that. Yeah. Matt watched Chill Factor just because it's in the set in Montana, but it was filmed in South Carolina. Uh, okay. Uh, as in a, something that we could watch in place of your rejected list. Is it a documentary? I don't know. I have no idea. Look it up. Uh, Jolly Roger. I forgot to mention that my dad was a big fan of Gene Roddenberry. Blonde knows who that is. Good night. Um, Yes, I love Gene Roddenberry. It's not a documentary. It's a buddy action comedy. Oh, okay. Unrelated. Jolly Roger also said, thoughts on Jesus not having children. Um, You know how we were talking about that that baser impulse to have children. I think that the, the whole point of Jesus, although he was a man was that he he was removed from from the the baser elements of humanity if you're the son of god you got a different purpose for sure you you have a larger purpose yeah i mean for men that are fallen like having children is is the greatest it's going to be the closest thing you can get to to that godliness right um but for him why why would he need to do that he was literally the son of god um mark purpose of life is union with god anyone can do this married or not certainly those married with children family will be their focus of leading a life for god serving him by serving them no that's totally true but i think that for average people like us that it is the best way the most holistic way to be close to God and to yeah. fulfill your larger purpose. I th- and I think the question is like, what, what is that? What is union with God? And, and I don't say that dismissively because no matter how we answer this question, eventually you get to the end and the end. And th- this is why I'm becoming more and more open to these concepts. The end is a question of faith. Fundamentally, when I talk about 
what is the moral order that makes the world make sense? What's the value and purpose of human life as we've discussed? Okay. Socratic method brain goes, why? Cause. Cause. It's, it's, it, I say it with a certain level of frustration, but kind of a full understanding that it's true. It just is. And if it isn't, the world doesn't make sense. Exactly. That is a faith concept. And there's always going to be a part of me, I guess, is the nature of faith that is hesitant to accept that because I, I can't necessarily provide a satisfactory reason why. It's just it is itself evident. It's just true. That's the base. That's the foundation from which it all starts. If you deny that, you deny everything. And that's why you have to accept it as true as a matter of faith. Yep. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I and I have to. I, I'm compelled to, um, and it's it's weird. Like I just, it, it's it's just it's so strange intellectually because I I have a hesitation to accept it, but I know that I must. I guess that's what faith really is, you know. Yeah, that that is a, that's exactly what it is. Um, Andrew C. Blonde, Durka, 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 Muhammad, Jihad, Durka, 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 Matt AIDS. Well, I can't argue, <laughs> I can't argue with any of that. I mean. Guilty as charged, I guess. Um, hold on, Ray. Hi, Truth Seekers. I've perceived an increase in YouTube paid ads over the past while. Maybe someone there likes commercials as much as Ted Turner. TBS used to be egregious. By the mm. way, Hagen Dazs beats Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm not More a Hagen Dazs hater. I, it's, it's perfectly fine. But I, I'm Ben and Jerry's is the superior ice cream. It, um, it, the cookie dough is no comparison. The Ben and Jerry's ratio of the cookie dough chunks is flawless. Hagen uh, not enough cookie dough chunks, not big enough. It's not correct. It's not right. It's not right. <laughs> it's just not. It's not. It's not perfection. Ben and Jerry's has it figured out. Uh, if that's We're if there are, if there are ads playing, uh, thank you, Raja Muhan. I guess we've done something to earn his favor, or maybe it's as simple as YouTube getting out competed. People going to other platforms. Um, and Yuzu having to make some concessions. I don't know. Thank you, uh, Holden. And I'm sorry I didn't get back to you on your question about like a single piece of information or a single piece of data changing your mind. I'll have to think about that one. Are we uh, all set here? Oh, we're good. I'm sorry. Yeah. Quick refresh. Looks like we're good. Uh, over on Rumble, JD1492, K and K. F- <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was a little nervous because I never know what I'm saying with a URL here. Knkfilm.com for a good documentary. What am I? If I go to this link, what am I doing here? Hmm. Okay. Kidnap and kill the FBI terror plot. It's about the Michigan Whitmer thing. It probably is. I've never heard of this, but I'd, I'd like to learn more about the case. So I'll have to consider that one too. Thank you. I'm glad to see it was not trick gay porn. That's what I prepared myself for. I thought I was going to see the uncensored Hunter Biden porn. I oh didn't Lord. have to. Okay, we're good on DLive. We're good on Odyssey. It looks like we're good on YouTube and Tippy, And we're good on Rumble, which means uh, we'll call it a show. Unless you have anything else you want to add before we get out of here. No, thanks, guys. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for your participation tonight. Thanks for your calls. Thanks for your emails. Thanks for your chats, your super chats, your participation, as always. Very much appreciated. If you missed any part of the show, you can listen back on the audio platforms. 
very shortly. Uh, not only that, but you can find other material all over those audio platforms as well. Check it out, mattchristiansonmedia.com slash podcasts uh, is where you can find all of that show material. Anything else, mattchristiansonmedia.com, of course. And we'll be back on Sunday discussing whatever the hell happens between now and then. <laughs> 